Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to season four of the Project Manga podcast, where we now cover Ayashimon, Mission Yozakura family, Jujutsu Kaisen, Dr. Stone, my hero, and One Piece. Week to week, back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump issues number three and four. Yes, I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And I'm Mel Yenis. And uh, before we get started, we would, uh, of course, just like to extend a huge thank you to all of your continued support throughout the first three seasons of the Project Manga podcast. Mm. 
we've you know given these huge thanks before at the beginning of every season because just we really do appreciate all that love and support that you all have garnered for us it's like you really have continued to fuel us in this endeavor because uh without you all you know and your support and and following you know like that's the reason why we do it so <laughs> thank you so much and uh as always of course take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as twitter online communities like discord places to uh consume the podcast as far as audio listening platforms you can find the links to any there also you can find links to support the podcast through our online shop or our patreon and with all that said oh also while you're down there you can find timestamps to conveniently navigate yourself throughout the video to avoid spoilers and like the goddamn video, subscribe to the channel for more fire weekly content. And, uh, what a what a weekend jump! Yeah, what a great week to come back to. Holy shit! Yes, yes, yes. Guess who's back? <laughs> oh. Back again. Well, with that said, let's jump right into it. Yeah. Ayashimon. Oh, and we're switching up the coverage order. Just you know, for yeah. those who care, we're gonna be going from a least amount of chapters to most amount of chapters now going forward. So. Beginning with Ayashimon, chapter six. Yes. Ah, uh, do not say his name. Such a good chapter. I feel like the last couple of chapters of Ayashimon have introduced a lot of really, or a couple of really cool things in the series. Yeah. Like, whereas, like, the before, you know, chapter five, it was kind of just, like, learning about, a little bit more about the world with each chapter, but really focusing just on Maruo and, uh... Always forget her name. I'm, I'm going to have it memorized pretty soon, but uh, yeah. Mario, Maruo and the Deuteragonist, you know, their, their relationship and, like, them kind of, like, going through their little hijinks from chapter to chapter as we learn about the world. But chapter five and six really gave us some cool concepts that, that let us know that this is going to be something that we're going to have a lot to talk about each week, especially if they're going to just keep introducing new characters and concepts the way they have yeah. the last couple of chapters. We got, like, the Bureau mm -hmm. of, like... Public safety or whatever. The public yeah. safety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They and then we called had... themselves Omyo Bureau. Omyo. So they're like Omyoji sorcerers, like yeah. humans. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're not yeah. Ayashimon. They're just like regular people that have like dipped into a secondary power system of some kind using mm -hmm. Shikigami to kind of, you know, keep them on par with the Ayashimon so that they can keep them in check. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And because and, I was wondering in the, you know, when the first chapter came out, once we got the information about how there was some kind of, um, you know, agreement that humans and, you know, Ayashimon have, I was like, well, what's what's stopping the Ayashimon from just saying, fuck it and doing fuck whatever they agreement. want? Yeah, you know what I mean? There has yeah. to be some... raw ass public safety motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Oh. There had to be some kind of, you know, balance there. And we're, and we're starting to find out what it is. I yeah. really like that parallel, though, because it's like, because um, for me, like, reading about, like, the Yakuza and how in, like, a modern world, they don't really function in the world. And, like, this has been expressed in, like, through, like, My Hero Academia and stuff where they're like, hey, this is an old style of thing. We can't get rid of crime completely, but we can give it a small area within it to work. And yeah. have sort of like a, a sanctioned black market area. Yeah. Right? And like, it, I like that parallel with the Ayashimon um, creatures, the yokai, because like we live in a world where like spirituality is effectively dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, For real. 
um, belief in the supernatural is, is very niche. And, uh, you know, I, I like those kind of like parallels in there, especially yeah. thing. now that we've added the oatmeal bureau and the form of public safety. Yeah. So like, I was like, ah, oh, dang, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I really, um, I don't know. I, like, I, I feel a lot of reminiscence in the art, obviously from like Jigo Karaku. Of course. <laughs> and even in the character designs, like <clears throat> on page four in the top panel that we get of um, Dopo. Dopo, yeah. I was just getting like big fucking Chobe vibes, dude. Yeah, like a with his bit. fucking, just with his character design and the way he looks, his like maniacal kind of uh, batshit insane. I don't know. Kind of glare, love, glance, yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I just love seeing that that reminiscence in the art from like Jigo Karaku, like obviously because it's Yuji Kaku. Yeah. And that just, it feels so good to me, man. Yeah, I love seeing his art, you know, on a, on a consistent, you know, weekly basis again. And uh, yeah. the character even, designs are, are still just as good, even though we're in a completely different time period in this story. <laughs> even in some of, like, the grotesque, like, backgrounds on, like, the dub, kind of the double sp uh, spread on page six and seven, where we get all the... Uh, artistic you know torture. creations of torture <laughs> yeah. for the um for the ayashimon that he fucking has disliked over the years or whatever who Dude. have wronged him yeah brutal you know, that stuff. that also yeah. was kind of really jiko karaku-esque like you know yeah and i like how we're like not you know he's not really straying away from the darkness or you know mm -hmm. the, no. the more macabre themes just because he's in you know the mainline magazine to <laughs> jump and not jump plus if anything this feels a little bit darker than, uh, mm -hmm. than know, a lot of them, yeah. I mean, the only thing he's really strayed away from, I would say, is kind of the uh, more explicit kind of, you know. Oh, sure. There was, there was like, if I recall correctly, there was kind of a little bit of nudity at some places. Or we got titty, oh. we got titties on the cover page right here on his little drawing. We got, we got, we got some nipple action going on in this yeah, painting that he did. Well, that's a little different. Yeah, than, like, definitely different. You know. It's not like a full blown sex scene. Bocho jutsu. It's nothing like that. Yeah, but... bocho jutsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have oh, any of that going on yet. But we got that really <laughs> late in. Uh, you know, in Jigo Karaku anyway, that wasn't in yeah, didn't start yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Bochu Jutsu until like 30 to 50. I thought there was some explicit scenes with, uh, what's her name, the, you know, main female character. The oh, Sagiri. Uh, yeah, there was some imagery that on, showed her some... like naked sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, some... yeah. I wonder. I not, wonder... not anything too crazy. There wasn't any like ra like berserk rape scene. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Absolutely not. Even though it was in like a jump plus in the jump plus arm of things where you can take things, yeah. you know, like to the envelope a little a bit little more. Further, yeah. Jigo Karaki yeah. never really needed to do that, but um, yeah. But I appreciate I mean, that to be yeah, honest. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, yeah man, like this, th this is shaping up to be just as successful you know, as Jigo Karaku, if not more, because it's in the mainline magazine. And I think that Yuji Kaku has a really good idea of how this series is going to go. Nothing really feels too awkward in the beginning, which is where it usually would. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the, 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 the history of things that have kind of been axed by Chapter 6, 7, you know, or, or even earlier, you'll you'll start to feel those axy vibes, you know what I mean? And I just don't feel mm -hmm. any inside of Ayashimon, and especially after these last two chapters... There's like some really interesting shit going on that I think will keep people coming back week yeah. to you know week to week just because well, of the that fact, mysterious element. Yeah, the fact that they brought Yuji Kaku into the mainline magazine yeah. maybe is uh, a good sign for the future that they're maybe starting to lean towards the less um, 
you know, generic or typical shonen aspects of storytelling and maybe starting to lean into the more darker aspects and shit because... You've been seeing that, I feel like. Shit, look at Jujutsu well, Kaisen, look at fucking Chainsaw Man. Some, of, some uh, of them, yeah, a couple here and there, mm-hmm. but, like, I mean, I feel like this series already in the first six chapters has kind of really been pushing the envelope of a little what bit. people see in the mainline magazine as far as, like, the mm-hmm. grotesque imagery, yes. the, like, violent imagery, right. you know, splattering people's domes fucking like all kinds <laughs> of crazy shit like that yeah. you know you see a little bit of some of that kind of stuff in like Jujutsu Kaisen but it's not I don't know nearly as like kind of gory I want to say as it has been in this sure you know yeah. Yeah. maybe I'm wrong maybe usually, I'm not recalling some like, of the gory moments in I know Chainsaw Man was really gory was really at times big on a that. lot of yeah. you know but yeah and that and was I, just kind of part of the theme at times with like the uh the big what what the fuck was the giant like baby face devil with the gut tornado on the outside typhoon typhoon yeah 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 all the guts around on the outside like that was really just part of the some of the grotesque imagery I love that, that one but, that was, yeah that was I think I, I think Ayashimon is is a good example of, of what you're talking about right now now we just have so many you know examples Jujutsu, that kind of prove your chainsaw, point yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly I I feel like they balance it off by having so many of like the prevailing like classic shonen stuff like like uh you know don 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 and Black da, 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 Clover. Yeah. and yep. then they have um like really goofy stuff like um you know help me roboco sakamoto days so they have a lot of gag stuff hey i hear a lot of good stuff about sakamoto days though it's yeah. pretty good i uh, like it it also like gets it, it today that on stream they were telling me to read it yeah, I it also that. gets a little dark too. So like yeah. it dips in, but it's mostly like some gag stuff, and it's been doing some like high impact action stuff. So that's been cool. Oh, yeah. It's a nice little balance. It flips back and forth. We'll see if it uh, kind of falls into into the same traps as um, Mashal. Yeah. Okay. But because it's grounded in a, like a, a pseudo reality, yeah. it probably won't have those same problems. Yeah. Um, now that uh, Eagle kind of brought it up, I'm trying to like think of like how they they handle because I mean like Weekly Shonen Jump has always had at least one, you know, series in the magazine that kind of tries to lean towards a little bit darker, away from like the traditional kind of vibe of 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 earlier, like more like early two mm-hmm. thousands shonen that kind of shaped our perception of what the magazine is like over here in the West. And uh, usually, like whenever they have to cut someone's head off, it's always like you know angled in the in the in the drawing to where like you know it's happening but you don't see it you know what i mean like shit like that whereas like nowadays with things like jujutsu kaisen chainsaw man and now going into like ayashimon and stuff like they're starting to show more of that gore they're not going out of their way to try to hide it because it's a you know a young boy magazine but still trying to let you know that that kind of stuff is happening in the story they just seem to kind of just be wearing it on their sleeve now almost because of the success of you know, some of the more darker ones that they did let through, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least is what it feels like to me. So I, I love where we're at in Weekly Shonen Jump right now. I'll take stories like this all day, you know what I mean? Especially right. if we have, you know, other series kind of padding it to keep base, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. gaggier yeah. stories are the more wholesome ones that don't really lean into it. So it feels good. I feel like my hero almost works as a hybrid in that sense where like yeah. <clears throat> while staying true to some of the really mainline and um, thematically... Um, regular concepts and within Shonen, like it does really try and push the envelope also in some areas where it dabbles in some of those darker themes, darker, like you know, especially know, social motivations, yeah, socially, 
Yeah. Social anxiety wise, like social angst, teen angst, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Plus, you get a lot of like horror imagery almost, you know, yeah. in My Hero Academia that kind of like fills that gap a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it might not be crazy grotesque stuff like all the time. I mean, like coming out of uh, Shigaraki versus Star and Stripe, I mean, he was pretty much a zombie that entire fight and it looked really crazy. But a lot of the other times, it's just really high, detailed, scary faces, you know, a lot, you know, in, inside mm -hmm. of My Hero Academia that kind of gives it that vibe without taking it there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Honestly, uh, something that I've noticed, um, not necessarily too in Chainsaw Man, but mm -hmm. typically for like Jujutsu Kaisen and especially for Ayashimon, yeah. all the grotesque violence is done to yokai like non-humans right and so, so far <laughs> that's that's kind of been the thing that they've kind of like avoided emotional mostly so like yeah so like they're you know maintaining the idea of sanctity of life and these are monsters so it's yeah. okay for you to you know have bad things happen to them yeah that's easy like, like if it's a robot <laughs> tear it apart if it's a you know a, a monster or even just like an enemy that deserves it yeah fuck mm -hmm. them up you know what i mean like even you if know, they're yeah. human almost if they're just that detestable you you might be able to get away with some gore against characters yeah. like that you know what i mean but yeah but so, i mean like you never know with ayashimon man because it's like we we got information i think in this chapter that it's like totally okay to kill ayashimon because they'll stay alive and their spirit will live on like you don't have to in like you probably just have to completely outside of the yeah. outside of the duel anyway yeah, yeah. Oh, outside of the oh, it, if you kill them outside of the one on one, yeah, their body like reverts, turns to cash, and then their spirit like goes dormant for ninety nine years, and then they can take another vessel, which like feels um, like Jujutsu Kaisen inside of like curses too a little bit. I think that yeah, they say that in Jujutsu Kaisen, like after Jogo and and the curse family dies, they say oh, it's all good. We'll meet up in a hundred years again. You know what I mean, or yeah. whatever they say in there. So that's I cool. do like that idea but, because it's yeah. like the tra like ninety nine years, and then it transitions to a hundred. Like the yeah. idea of like three being a very core prime number, as well, like three digits. That's yeah. cool. Like I, I I like the idea of reincarnation for bad guys. Oh, yeah. But that's why in this chapter when they were kind of in the one v one, and uh, and then Buddy got like just. Um, or not in this chapter, I think it might have been last chapter. The prior chapter. one. They, yeah, the prior one. They were in the 1v1, and, and Buddy just got, like, crushed by the fucking stone when the thing fell. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And they were like, oh, <laughs> oh shit, his Dude. body turned to money. I guess he's dead now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. see you in 99 funny. years, bro. Yeah. You know? Rip all, pour one out, but your corpse is going to pay for it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Grab that, go buy some more booze for the boss. Hey, hey boss, yeah, right, boss? You're the, you're the boss yeah. now. You're the boss yeah. now. Yeah, what's up? Maybe if we suck up to the boss now, he'll They're all just like, y'all are some fucking crazy shady people. motherfuckers, man. Some flaky motherfuckers, bro. Right. And he's like, no, they're we're demons. This is, yeah. this is our nature. No, Going, right, going like back that. into like the actual events of the chapter, though, yes, I love yes, how it yes. starts off with... Um, Hashishime. Hashishime, like kind of being taken captive by this guy lets you know like i think there's a great introduction for dopo actually because one we're already kind why has he got my girl hemmed up like with this with her shirt open like it, oh chill uh, out bro like yeah put I, some, hey. I guess i didn't even really notice that yeah. but it's definitely what's going on there i wonder, I wonder <clears throat> why um, that is i feel like close my girl's shirt up man yeah what you doing <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep to continue on your. Oh, your sure, point. yeah, Sorry. no, I just think it was a great introduction for Dopo, man, because it's like 
We yeah. already we are already kind of attached to Hashihime from like the previous chapter where we were hanging mm-hmm. out with her pretty much the whole chapter oh, while she was guarding, you know that that area that they were trying to get into. We know that she has a connection to. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, girl. God, no. I, I need to get her name. I'm sorry. Like, it, I have to know what her name is. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it, it's a definitely a great just introduction of it's his level Urara. of influence right Urara. all right all right great yeah so, so we know we know that she has like a link to urara and so like we already kind of care about the characters so starting the chapter off with her hemmed up and in a very terrible situation while you introduce this antagonist or this villain in the, you know inside of dopo knowing that he's very high up in his specific food <laughs> chain or maybe just the food chain of Ayashimon in general we can't really tell yet but he seems like a big deal he's got subordinates Hashihime is 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 powerless against him seemingly and you know he's just maniacal and he just looks like a bad fucking time you know what I mean which is exactly yeah, what Yujigaku new... was trying to go for here and I think he nailed I think he stuck the landing on it yeah he's the new Enma kid. yeah mm-hmm. that's yep. right that's right so he, okay. he's replaced Urara's dad mm-hmm. yeah um so right. I um I like looking up names. Like ever since like Naruto, when I found that Kakashi meant scarecrow, uh, I've always like had a big fan. I, I really try to find out like what the names mean. And like yeah. we had that character Uwan in like chapter one, mm-hmm. and his name is a straight up yokai's name. And so I was like, Ooh. okay, well these are all Yashimon. I need to kind of like look up what they're doing about. Oh, so, so they're, the names are linked to like historical like real world um real folklore yokai. yokai from like our actual history that's yeah, pretty cool Uwan is Uwan okay. is but dopo is not okay dopo akari uh dopo means one who walks alone mm. and akari is red plum and then i have a theory that there is um a famous one called akateko which means red-handed child. Okay. Oh. And it's uh, described as the red hand of a small child descending from a tree. It is accompanied by a specter of a young woman, who I believe is Mizuha, at the base of the tree, whose beauty lulls unsuspecting passerby into a trance of fever state. And then when he grabs... Uh, so you're going to have to help me real quick. Name. So like, who, yeah. who, who do these names belong to in this chapter? <laughs> okay, so I believe... Uh, so so dopo Kari is the big boss that we get introduced and okay oh we got it we got the last name on that it's do- we got dopo akari or whatever we got yes. both names okay okay mm-hmm. they they uh speak about it and okay. um that was beforehand he, on I believe, page before this nine okay on page eight nine 
he talks he's like hey we can do that to mizuha right we can talk like keep your lungs intact there's a girl ah mizuha is the one mizuha. with the crazy hair yep. her name yep. means leaf and auspicious um and so the akiteko is about a tree at the base of a tree that will lure people into a trance or fever state and then the hand will grab the traveler by the neck and rip them apart limb by limb they travel in pairs and so oh so that's I this other that big dude with the hand then i don't know okay i think it's um i think it's just dopo and mizuha because it uh, akateko is a paired yokai the one the hand and uh mizuha is like the female spirit part of that aspect because when on page nine do not say his name in front of me yeah the his hand grabs her by the face and uh. the idea that the akateko like rips things apart from limb from limb and then his name is like red plum so sure as opposed to red hand yeah and the the akateko is supposed to be like a child spirit and the way Dopo acts about things, like he's not, he definitely doesn't give off mature vibes, right? right. He's like, gangsters should be flashy and fearless yeah. and whatever. And we're going to go run wild and throw tantrums because we feel like it, you know? Yeah. So like, these are the reasons why I think that is an Akiteko, even though their names aren't specifically that. That's just me spitballing sure. out into the universe early on in the series. You yeah. can quote me on it. And, laugh yeah. at me later <laughs> no that's cool though because i mean like when you were first talking about this hand and you were talking about how mizuha is, or whatever inside of the lore you were looking into is always in a pair yeah. you know what i mean i automatically just thought that this dude on the next page on 12 and 13 oh yeah the big pan boy just a gigantic hand coming down and crushing him and like i could see this dude and mizuha being that pair according Ooh. to kind of what you're saying you know in your research so, like, that's the first thing that I thought about because I was already on yeah. the page when you were bringing it up, too. But, I mean, you're right. Dopo does grab her straight, you know, on the mouth with his hands. So, so was there, like, a specific link for the pair and the hand stuff that you saw inside of your research for Dopo and Mizuha specifically? Or were um, you... I'm really just kind of combining them a little sure. bit yeah. in my mind because their hair is, like, the exact same color. Ah, uh, Sure. You know, and yeah. they're roughly the same build. Like they they seem to work together. Um, and there was this moment where like he was talking about stuff. He's like, "We can do that, right?" And like, I don't think there was any specific emphasis on the we, but like, mm -hmm. she was kind of like in the shadows and then just kind of there. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure because like no, I couldn't yeah. find. Uh, yokai in time to like really fit one but then yeah, the sure. akateko really caught my imagination and uh Stunning, you know man. i saw clues where there might be them and it made sense in the end you know yeah yeah i, I, I definitely yeah i definitely like where you're going with it i and and like this is the kind of series where that doesn't feel like you're reading too much into things like yuji kaku is known from Jigo Karaku for doing research like that and incorporating it into his narrative, you know what I mean? So you get all kinds of symbolism and all kinds of, you know, links back to historical, you know, folklore and 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 things like that. So it's definitely not outside of the realm of possibility for a, a yeah. writer like Yuji Kaku. So that's a really cool. They had they both have hair in their eyes too, like uh, specifically. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I can't wait till that. we get a little bit more on that, bro, because. 
yeah. if that if that does end up being a thing and we get that confirmation, then that's just going to make looking deeper into the series feel that much better in the future oh, because yeah. we'll have evidence of that being a thing. You know what I mean? Yes. So like, I'm excited for that. But I thought it was so tight how while they're while he's like kind of <sighs> making a statement, you know, and threatening to start torturing um you know uh hashime. hashihime with this after this like amazing kind of like monologue about how like ayashimon don't fear the same things that regular people fear or that the audience mm-hmm. would fear because they're essentially effectively um immortal almost you know to it to a certain degree so like how do you scare them and he really painted that picture so well for hashihime and the the reaction that we get on like page eight of her Heart, but you know, beating and her sweating and shaking and trembling really sold that. And then, it, and then it goes into the public safety dude pulling up and freezing everybody again, except for Dopo. And that's just always a cold entrance when it's just freeze. And then he's like, "Hey, what's going on? I got hey, a subpoena or whatever the fuck it is." You know, Mizuha broke free of the freeze though too. That's right. Yeah, neck first. Yeah, that's she right. She broke out first. Yeah, and, then... and that was really cool too because I thought that that was like when it, when the first time that that kind of happened. And like everybody was under the effect and there was just no breaking out of it. It really set the precedent that these public safety guys are wildly powerful. And that's going to be like a huge hurdle that has to be overcame in some kind of way that it doesn't seem like Mario has the strength to just punch out of. So like that was really interesting to get last chapter. And then in this chapter, when he comes here again and does the same thing and it seems just as effective, but then his subordinates start breaking out one by one and he seems really surprised like you're not supposed to be able to do that or at least it's very rare. So already we're getting these crazy, you know, power level kind of establishing, you know, Mm -hmm. things inside of characters away from maruo you know what i mean so like that's that's really interesting as well in this chapter yeah oh man the dude with the big hand comes down and crushes him and i was like because <gasps> like you see he's literally just like literally scrunched right. and i was god, like oh god. my god but then it was like a substitution jutsu or some shit and he like yeah he like left a little like paper thing there you know or whatever but i wonder why it showed him actually getting crushed that way is that just for us or is that like mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumbo casino online i was only playing for fun so winning was a dream come true chumbo casino was america's favorite free online social casino you too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more. So your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Dishwashers with smart tech to clean everything from bakeware to festive mugs and high-capacity refrigerators to keep leftovers fresh. Shop Black Friday savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select GE kitchen packages at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through November 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details. Whatever, what actually happened, and then this Shikigami has like another kind of level to it to where... I, I don't even know how to explain it. I I, I just oh, I guess I just like, assume... a, like a like a ninth life kind of thing where yeah. it's just like, well, I'm dead, yeah. and then I magically like respawn at wherever I placed a different yeah thing. I don't Something know, like but that. like yeah. I feel like it had enough. Like the Shikigami is a good enough 
copy of a person that it has blood and guts and then disappears. Oh, I feel sure. like maybe he did. It is some type of rebirth technique because the thing you see on the in the crater is shaped like an angel, and you get not like these speed lines going up, but like almost on on page twelve, the yeah. middle panel of the crush. Yeah, you get like this thing going up out of his body almost like a new you know soul or vessels oh i figured i just figured that was like the the motion of the hand coming down i didn't think that was going up i, I figured it was just yeah. going down to i thought that was motion. a downward i thought yeah. that was i thought maybe it was kind of it could be yeah it, you, you never you, you really never know that's definitely like a new thought you know what i mean that i hadn't like considered especially because you have this paper but that you, definitely is shaped like an angel at least to my eyes that makes sense yeah but you're probably right about that, the, that being the speed lines for the hand coming down. Right, right. Oh, that's funny. I just realized, like, if we do that, what if Big Hand is just the Akateko and it is Mizuha, but, like, in combination with the big boy? And yeah. Dopo's just some random other thing. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking when you were, when uh, you were going yeah, into it. No, I mean, it could go either way. We don't could. know. Yeah, we definitely don't know. And that's why it's so fun to cover a series this young, you know what I mean? Because there's mm -hmm. just so many questions that we're going to have in conversation while at the same time new characters new techniques new concepts are constantly being introduced to flesh out the world around us so this is like peak you know conversational ability almost in the in the mm -hmm. beginning of a of a series and hopefully it keeps that energy throughout which we're, we're kind of hoping that it does i don't think that we'll have to worry with someone like yuji kaku he kept the conversation flowing throughout our jiko karaku reviews so you know mm -hmm. all the way to the end you know what i mean so he knows how to pack content into you know into 20-ish pages every time so yeah love that love that man i really dig the like clothes that they have yes. they just look all so sharp like hashihime like i like that her hair plays into parallels of her suit and yeah. all the stripes that she has yes. i love dopo's like rose aesthetic yeah man the little old man who's just like hey now yeah, he's the drippiest one. Look at this suit, he's, bro. He's got the three-piece, baby. Yeah, dude, and all it three looks like pieces an are hard. Yeah. yeah, it does look like kind of scaly like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, little mole man, yeah. little Hans, Hans Luger mole man. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yes, yes, I am fashion. So did they ever, I, I can't remember um, what the envelope what like the it, contents of the it envelope was, were? It was photos of um, yeah, that's right. Mauro, yeah, absolutely. So mm -hmm. now they know what they look like. This is giving us a. I, I like how organic the the flow of the narrative kind of is here because it's like we know that eventually they are going to be gaining enemies and just their presence inside of this world being undocumented and kind of like having like a weird vibe in the world of Ayashimon is enough to have. A gang leader like this kind of like take notice to that and be like i want to know a little bit more about what's going on with that it's like what are these people doing in my turf in my area i run this shit now we want all the anomalies gone or you know potentially converted to our side so it makes sense that they'd want to look into the main characters i don't like feeling like you know villains are just injected for the sake of opposing them it has to like come kind of like organically and you know the the public safety people were already looking into maruo and urara for similar reasons and they have the intel i'm assuming inside of their operation to always like have feelers out for anything that happens because they have to monitor things to make sure that all the laws are being respected so the public safety coming in last chapter to confront urara 
makes sense and then them coming back to tell the Ayashimon what's going on also makes sense and then now that the Ayashimon have the information now they're targeting them it all just it all just feels good you know what I mean as far as uh, yeah. the conflict building goes you know what I mean so it's yeah. got a lot of um it follows the story logic and like is internally consistent yeah because I like how the Omyo Bureau is like we can't just get rid of them for no reason like Using the Shikigami is a, is a punishable offense if yeah. we don't have a good reason for using it. Yeah. So why don't we just give out this information and get the Yashima to take care of them for us? Yes. They're bloodthirsty little cretins anyway. Right, right. They'll, they'll thin each other out. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is like yeah. one of those situations where it feels like everybody sucks. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's no... Like, nothing feels like they're trying to introduce any kind of, like, There's altruistic no themes. Yeah, yeah, or altru, you know. Except for Maruo. Yeah, Maruo <laughs> is just, like, young, dumb, naive, like, you know, and he'll probably be that, the vehicle for, like, any kind of remotely positive, you know, aspects mm -hmm. of the story. But other than that, like, everybody seems to just be a different kind of shitty, which Sick. is, like, always yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that one where it's just like, you know, in a world of bad apples, the Maruo just kind of stands above, dumb as hell, and yes. ready to fight. Yeah. And I love how he goes into, you know, um, Dopo thinking about the other areas of Ayashimon factions. And, like, we're really getting kind of like an, a hierarchy of... Um, Maybe not hierarchy, but just like an establishing of rivalries inside of get different gangs inside of Ayashimon and like how that's going to create conflict because it's not always just going to be Maruo versus whoever you also have in the background. Maybe the B-Stars don't like, you know, the Todoroki Alliance. Maybe, you know, mm -hmm. whatever combination of it that it is, we'll probably get multiple kinds of conflicts in different forms outside of just whoever is opposing Maruo at any point in time. So like, that's really yeah. cool to think about too, is that it's going to really feel like internal um, clan politics. You know what I mean? Something akin to like the breaker inside of like the, the way that schools kind of war with each other and have beef and histories with each other that go back. However long that's always really mm -hmm. interesting for world building and just like tension in general, because you never know who could show up for whatever reason. You know what I mean? If 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 Maruo's going up against like the B Stars Club or whatever for whatever reason, and then he's on his back foot or something, and then the Todoroki Alliance pulls up because they heard that the B Stars people were fucking around in this area, and it's just convenient like that. You know, that's going mm -hmm. to feel a lot better than just last minute saves for random reasons. You know what I mean? Like as long as it links back to some kind of historical beef or some kind of historic history related. Um, storytelling for the characters involved then that's always going to feel better than just oh man you showed up at the nick of time just because you happen to be walking down the street and i needed your help you know what i mean it's just things yeah, like that yeah. that it seems to be kind of setting up that i'm like really excited for i think i i really like that there's five main gangs which includes public safety so there's the human classical corrupt cop section yeah. there's the b stars which is going to be like you know pretty boy swag kind of like mm -hmm. hosts club you know uh th um if you've ever if any of our listeners have read shinjuku swan you guys know exactly what kind of like yakuza gangsters i'm thinking of when i think of the b stars the todoroki alliance to me screams like motorcycle gang for some reason it feels like, like that to me too yeah like old school like just giant pompadour fucking <laughs> yes. uh, motorcycle club tokyo manji revenger style yeah um 
And then Corey Hotels just seems like the classic, like, we have money, we have hotels, our yeah. hotels are bugged, we blackmail the shit out of people having affairs. Classic mafia shit. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, it feels like that. And then Enma Syndicate is like the classic gangster gangster. They're just like, all right, cool. We do protection rackets. You got to you gotta respect us. You got to fear us. You yes. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so Top I like the there's five chain, factions, sure. lots of, uh, lots of cool. interactions. You can definitely get like... Enemy of my enemy is my favorite. I was literally just going to say the uh, enemy of my enemy. The Corey Hotels guy looks like a combination of Draken and, and Kisaki. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, dude. Wow. That's a, cool. that's a great school. amalgam. Yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, Love man. That. I'm really excited about that. And I like that they're like, hey, you know what? We were given this information, but I'm going to make it look like it's my idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, straight up. It's like tells you so much about the character too. Whenever you get shit like that, it's like narcissism, fucking mm -hmm. just straight up like psych psychopathy, psycho. Yeah, yeah, like it's shit like that. It's very psychological like, interactions with this one. Yeah, you know, like I, I feel like we just learned so much about him in one chapter without it feeling too densely focused on Dopo specifically. Which finding that balance in like an introduction is just so fire too because it's like we got a lot of world building and a lot of like outside of dopo stuff to mm -hmm. think about and chew on in this chapter too but just also just a brilliant introduction for his character like i'm already worried as shit about him and also wildly interested to learn more about him at the same time so yeah stuck the landing dopo, i liked dopo's interrogation style and the fact that he just acted as if they were already guilty and he knew everything yeah yeah right? psychopathic like that, that's the fucking yeah way that's that a I wanted to really good that. way of like getting yeah. under their skin and just like i don't know if he actually has like a supernatural ability to detect lies or if he's just bluffing the entire time oh damn that's a good question like, too. I was like, does he have the ability to like oh yeah i know you're lying oh you've lied to me you're disrespecting me you know that yeah, kind of right. thing is he being sincere or maybe it's About, just yeah. like, you know, a while, you know, like just assumptions because you're in my dome. I've already taken, you know, the I've already gone out of my way to gather you and bring you here because yeah. I felt something is off. And now you're not giving me the information I think you have. So I'm just automatically going to call you a liar. Because, like, I'm right about everything yeah. that I think yeah. is true. Yeah. It yeah. could be that or not. Or just, like, I've made my decisions about this entire situation. Yeah. What you tell me is actually unimportant right. unless it benefits me. Exactly. Uh, I'm just like, <laughs> right. what are you, dude? Yeah. I don't know. I love it, man. I can't, uh, wait. I can't wait for the continuation of this series, bro. It's, like, the first thing I read every week now. <laughs> just because I'm, like, that... I'm like that ready to see what it has to offer. You know what I mean? It's, oh man, I'm waiting for chapter 10. I want to see how it pops off by then. Like by the end of the first volume type shit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to see the end of the volume. Yeah. I want to see where we're sitting at because you know what? In my experience doing like the little book clubs with you yeah. recently, like yeah. the end of the first volume mm -hmm. is like usually such a banger cliffhanger. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, uh, I want to see that. Then yeah. I'll be like, mm, my first course is complete. Yes. Hell yeah, man. I don't think I had anything else for Ayashimon this week, though. I think that's about mm -hmm. all I had as well. Nice nope. chunky combo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump into our kind of uh, introductory general coverage on Mission Yozakura family. So, uh, yeah. It'll just be kind of a general discussion on how we feel about the series overall. Holistically. Um, as, a, as a whole. So, yeah. 
yeah. With that being said, uh, how do you guys feel about Mission Yozakura Family, man? Dude, I fucking love Mission Yozakura Family, dude. I'm so glad this is on the lineup right now. I feel like this is, like, one of my favorite things that I'm reading now. And it could be just, like, the recency of me catching up to it, like, super recently. But I'm loving yeah. everything that it's doing, man. Like, yeah. Characters, art, I... action, themes, everything. It is has awesome. a lot going yeah. for it that's going really well. Yeah. Like... I think it's it's right up there with um, My Hero Academia and what you were talking about in the previous segment, um, where it covers a lot of like goofy moments, but also covers a lot of dark, sinister stuff. It has it touches on body horror without getting too explicit. It's yeah. kind of a it's a, like a an emotional all rounder like my hero where it's like yeah it'll make you sad it'll make you happy it'll go ah sweet adorable yeah. and also like oh that's ew, that's gruesome They're like oh shit uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh shit things are heating up escalating yeah. Yeah. yeah um so like i feel like it's hitting that nice prime middle mark that like shonen jump is trying to like maintain within its equilibrium yes. it, like i would say those two series are like dead center Whereas, yeah. like, a Yashimon Chainsaw Man are going to be on, like, the far right, heavy, grotesque Korean on our, like, left hand. You know, we have, like, Mashal and, like, Black Clover and, like, Help Me Roboco, yeah. right? Yeah. Where it's, it's, a, it's a little goofier. Right. I think, I think the themes are balanced, like, beautifully inside yeah. of, mm-hmm. of Mission Yozakura Family because, like you get a lot of the the slice of life you know mixed in with like international super spy action shit you know what i mean so like usually yeah. it, i think it's a good combination how balanced it is on those two fronts because one it's a story about family and i think that they nail that out of the park especially in the beginning of the series where everything is very um you know i don't want to say monster of the week but it's like an entire story in one chapter you know what i mean like d- depending mm-hmm. on whatever they're trying to focus on whether that's Tayo specifically, Tayo and Mutsumi, Tayo and whatever combination of other siblings, you know, like where they, they follow them around for a day exclusively. Mm-hmm. Like all of that stuff works so well because when it goes into the international super spy shit and you get all of this action and combat, the fact that it takes those breaks away from that to establish like slice of life character building because that is one of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the bigger strengths of slice of life storing is that slice of life stories is that they're very character driven almost entirely because it's focusing on the lives of people doing mundane things a lot of the time so like when you get that kind of character work in a series that leans into action as much as this it makes those high octane action moments hit a little bit harder than it would in other stories that don't take the time to dial it back and focus on the characters in more slice of life scenarios you know what i mean like i feel like these characters feel so much realer so much faster you know in a story like mission yozakura family because it is broken up that way so i think that that's like an incredible balance on that front i feel like something that lends to what you're talking about is the fact that it's like it's not so much monster of the week it's it's like it works really well because it's more so like mission of the week right um and it's not like we're beating like monster after monster and you kind of got to keep scaling things up and up and up as far as the power scale goes it's like 
you're you're getting these more realistic, just like kind of spy missions where we're like in, infiltrating this to to attain this information, or like you know, yeah. kind of doing this to break up this operation. Right. And they can focus more on development of like the relationship between like Tayo and Mutsumi, like you said, or like yeah. development of Tayo as a character and his skill set as like an assassin slash spy, mm-hmm. or like development of the relationship between Tayo and the family members which is you know something that lends to why I think the characters can feel a lot more real right a lot faster because we get a lot of emotional interactions with them a lot of character interactions with them that show kind of what they're about and a lot of learning lessons from them when it comes to them teaching Tayo kind of stuff about assassinship spy ship yeah and we get those really cool slice of life elements where you know the development of the relationship the marriage um kind of their both of their devotion to it we get some really cute moments like the mission where they're going to the theme park yes and, uh, and tayo's like fuck i'm the one that's standing out here i'm all alone and all of a sudden mutsumi pops up like sorry they were uh, the line was long <laughs> i came and she and yeah. he's like oh shit yeah and i also think that the author does a super like really really fantastic job of using Tayo and Kyoichiro as an impetus for like the comedic elements of the story, yes, right? Yes. Because, and it feels really organic because Tayo, the way the way it's utilized with him is like just the perspective of a regular person, fish out of getting, water is fun. getting yeah. exactly good, yeah. getting thrown into this spy lifestyle, yeah. having to adjust and learn in it, and like the tasks he's confronted with, and he'll just be like. Ugh! <laughs> or like, or when they go into the black market area under the mall, and he's like creeping out of the elevator, like it's sketchy as fuck down here. What the fuck, yo? Yeah. And like, just that kind of shit. And then, yeah. and then Kyoichiro, when you get moments of like, like when Tile was getting the um, the black tea behind everyone's back, like Mutsumi yes. and and, uh, and uh, Ayako thought that. He was cheating. Yeah, that was so and, uh, good. Oh my and god! And Kyoichiro was like about to murder him, and then they find it was like revealed by the two that came in that you know he was doing the whole plot to get the black tea behind Kyoichiro's back because because yeah. he wouldn't drink it if he knew it was from him, and yeah. and then he's like he's like he was doing it for, for my sake, and he's like he's like killing like fucking scratching, killing his face with the fucking wires. Like yeah. just, he's like I think there's that some was so thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, I it's like. Yeah, yeah. It's like I want to hate this kid and I want him to give me reasons to hate him, but he's just so good that it's like becoming harder and harder for Kyorichiro <laughs> to keep that energy. But another thing that, that I oh yeah, comedic sorry, elements. Going, yeah. Well, and the last thing really is just like another just really organic comedic moments between the family members that feel really, really natural, like yeah. something that would happen between a family. None of it feels like inorganically like inserted or like just superficial or any of that you know like like not martial in martial there's some comedic moments comedic there's some comedic (laughs) moments that feel inorganic and just like kind of superficial like forced so far in you know for me at least in yozakura family none of the comedic moments have felt inorganic or forced at all they all feel supernatural yeah super right it feels like they're based on real people with actual personalities like people that the mangaka like knows you know what i mean and i love when it when 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 they can make it feel that way you know what i mean 
and the spy yeah, shit they... like doesn't always have to be one thing that I wanted to just say that I'm really impressed with inside of Mission Yozakura Family is that when it is going into heavy action, high octane spy shit, that makes sense there, obviously, because that's just the job. But yep. when it's when it dials it back for more slice of life things, it's not completely separated from the spy world, just so that you can have wholesome family storytelling. The 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 creator Gondaira found a really great way to weave the spy shit into the mundanity as well like they'll be doing yeah. completely like not action related things and family building character building things but are always have their spy skills you know right there being used in those moments too like for trivial day-to-day -day things you know what mm -hmm. i mean so you never forget their spies but it's not always action you know what i mean when they have to be spies you know what i mean so yep. yeah. it keeps like everything elevated and everything is focused on like you never veer too far away from any certain theme you know what i mean or anything like that it's none of the themes take well away together. from others yeah mm -hmm. um the part that i like is because the characters feel so fleshed out and there's like they get to do the heist which is great but like the downtime before and after the slice of life stuff by having the characters be fleshed out you understand the characters better and so when you see them acting in their specialty during the heist oceans 11ing their way through this stuff yes. you could just you're like oh i already know plenty about these characters so i can see exactly why they're doing this yeah. outside of their speciality like oh, i can yeah. see how their speciality is like determining their approach but i can see how why they're doing it and then as like you know when you know plans meet reality and yes. things go to hay haywire and they're like okay we need to do damage control and stuff you can see why those characters are acting the way they are and their personalities just fit their their combat it's types close. like so well yes. you know what i mean like they feel like such thoroughly you know thought of and and created and fleshed out characters that it's like at any point in time whether they're showing you their personality or showing you their spy um capabilities like there's almost like no separation you know what i mean like every single thing that futaba does and says fits in with her fighting style inside and or in outside of combat same with shinzo same with kengo same with like everybody it's like whatever they're doing it's just always on 10 according to like the characters that you know the, the the character that has been given to us and has mm -hmm. been continued to be developed and progressed it just always fits with whatever they're doing you know what i mean like even down to their insecurities outside of combat when we're getting real you know just character focused slice of life shit you feel all of the elements of their character at all times you know what i mean and that's just like such a cool thing to feel in the series if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. i there's a like artistic thing that i kind of like and um it might be vaguely spoilers but like i mean this is this the segment for it yeah you know what i mean just, hey we're 111 chapters in yeah this, guys this isn't a why you should read yozakura yeah this is like a, uh yeah. it might be it might take you longer than a week so catch yeah. on up yeah. <laughs> um i like that the fan the idea of family resemblance runs yeah. through the series because right. like they have like this superhuman gene right and yes. then that carries through the generations and i quite like that because i'm always a big fan of that kind of thing um and it's a it's a big trope within like japanese stuff like yes. your lineage matters about who you are like you see it in naruto with the 
the Uchiha. You see it in like Hunter x Hunter, where everyone's like, "Gone, your dad is king. Yeah. Wow, you must be destined for great things." Oh, oh Kalua, right? You're a Zoldic, you know. You yeah. got this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. so like I like that the Yozakura thing is like, hey, we are you know really focused on our family. Our fu- bloodline is very coveted. We protect it dearly. And then, in addition to it, characters resemble characters. So, like, yeah. like if you take a look at some, like, old ancestors, yeah. one looks exactly like Kengo, but yeah. a woman. Right. Uh, one, of, one of the uh, ancestors, one of the parents, Momo, just looks like an old version of Koichiro. Yeah, and we know that, like, the one from, like, since we're talking about, like, the current arc that we're mm-hmm. in right now, um, the first, you know, or the second head, you have Subomi as, like, the first head, then the second head was the one that resembled Futaba a great deal, and even, like, was the one mm-hmm. that we found out, like, kind of cultivated her fighting style using Aiki, and then now mm-hmm. we're going into this more recent one where it's clearly, you know, this one is, is, is based on Kengo, so I think that as we go through this arc all of the previous heads are going to end up resembling each of the, you know, individual Yozakura family members that we've been following, you know, a significant amount. You know what I mean? I'm super yeah. excited to see, like, the Nanao-based, you know, uh, head, uh, or prior yeah. head of the Yozakura family. You Dude, know what I mean? that's going to be insane. And the Shinzo-based one. Like, like, as we continue this arc, I'm, like, so excited about that since we have established yeah. a pattern here coming from, what was it, Niname, I think, is the one that's, like, Futaba. And then now this one here that's like Kengo will just keep going down the line probably throughout the rest of this yeah. arc leading us to Father, which is going to yeah, be how really many siblings cool. is there? Is there nine? There's uh, no. five there's boys six. and well, five Seven. boys including Tayo, and then there's three girls including Yuzumi. So eight or nine? Like, like Tayo married into the family. There were seven initial family members. Right. And then they added Tayo and then the dog, and Goliath, and, and then now we the have, little, uh, and then and the the um, pseudo daughter, yeah, between the married couple because yeah. they are still children. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, it's just I. Ayaka yeah, is like the I. maid chick, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh God, she's. Oof. Yeah, she's, um, she's fucking. Spoilers. <laughs> people be crazy in this series. <laughs> yeah, straight up. So, who's your guys' they favorite sibling? Who's your guys' favorite sibling? Do you think? Oh, you know what? I really like uh, Shinzo, to be nice. honest. And Nanao. Nice. Nanao and Shinzo are probably like my top two. Oh, yeah. um, because I like Nanao's style, and I like the... I just like the silly bucket head with the drawing face drawing face on it. And like, just like how kind of like pure he is, despite how grotesque everything else about them is. Right, right. Um, and then for me, Shinzo, the idea like... He's like this tough macho, knows how to use weapons, but it all stems from like this crybaby phase he has as a child, and yeah. I think that's the hilarious subversion of that trope. Yes. Um, so those are my two favorite uh, members of the family. Yeah, hell yeah. What about you, Eagle? I would have to say <clears throat> Shion, because she's like a hacker, kind of techie gamer chick, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like a nerdy, don't you? Gotta love that, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, other than that, I'd have to say probably Futaba, just because she's got the Aikido martial arts vibes, you yes. know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Goki Shibukawa from fucking Baki, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, she reminds me mostly of like 
Biscuit Kruger. From Biscuit Hunter Kruger. Hunter. Yeah, 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 obviously, like aesthetically, but the fighting nah, style. Even, even inside that, I mean, she's got the hands. No, nah, because but Biscuit is Biscuit more will just fight like you his, like that. Too. The Aikido yeah. is Goki Shibukawa. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he yeah, uses yeah. the momentum to throw. It's all throws, like yeah. using enemies' momentum yeah. and strength against them. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think that Nox and I were just talking about like general combat ability. We're like, yeah, we were for look at you and your frilly dress kicking everyone's ass. I feel like you everybody inside of the family has that, like, um, you know, kind of uh, hidden side to themselves that is, like, not apparent from the surface. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. Futaba is one of the older ones, and you couldn't tell because she has, like, a 12-year-old's body, basically. And then on top of that, she's a gangster with the hands, which you just don't automatically assume from a character design like that. Shinzo's, she's designed to look dainty, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shinzo's, like, of the same, you know, kind of, kind of vein on the opposite side of things where, you know, he's big and swollen, looks menacing, but is, like, a teddy bear, like... Or yeah. softer than that you know isn't nanao the youngest nanao is the youngest but he's the biggest yeah type <laughs> he's shit the biggest guy. Yeah. and kengo is just like japanese roger from american dad basically <laughs> which is like i just love that about him he's right. like personality and his skill set is just like screams roger from american dad to me mm -hmm. <laughs> i fucking love that i'm just I love waiting for him to be like have a martini and he's just like i do what i want yeah <laughs> yeah right. no for sure I think my I think my top three and I was say I was talking about it on Twitter too. It's been the same since the beginning of the series to current. My top three is definitely like Utaba, Nanao, and Shion for sure. Those are the three that speak the most to me. Um, and they've gotten like everybody just gets like amazing focus. You know what I mean? And that just goes back to the slice <clears throat> of life aspect of it, where it goes into that like whole story in one chapter kind of flow. Yeah. And they break it down like Tayo's with Nanao this chapter. Tayo's with, mm -hmm. you know, Shion this chapter, Tayo's with Shinzo this chapter, and then you get those while it's leading into one of the multi-chapter story arcs, like the front lines or the, the, the hunt down father shit, you know what I mean? Like any of the bigger yeah. arcs that have taken more than one chapter to kind of tell that story, it's always a buildup of individual you know character building chapters which and just family building chapters which it goes back to that like perfect narrative balance that i was talking about a little bit earlier or perfect feeling rather mm -hmm. yeah i thought it was interesting i feel i really like their power system i like how it's just about murder prowess speed strength skill whatever yeah. and then within that there's like we have a reason why we're on top and then that in itself has its own subsection and like mutations permutations of why these things are getting stronger and stuff, which I really like. Like, um, like the grandpa of the family, Ban. Yeah. Hilarious fight. Love him. Love that. Favorite fight. One of my favorite fights, straight up. Yeah, dude. One of my favorite yeah. fights in the series is fucking like super recently, like Tayo versus Shinzo in the in the in the silver the silver uh ranked uh spy exam like just oh. like low-key that was just like such a banger oh, for me so like good. the right the action <laughs> the art the writing in that between like shinzo and and uh and tayo and just like how it links back to like how everyone tried to help him individually in the house to get ready for the silver rank exam like mm -hmm. all that shit just hit so beautifully it, it, it was it was so it like jumped out at me because that was like the first leg of the exam. By the time we got to Kyorichiro, I had a, a really good idea of how the story was going to progress throughout the rest of the exam. But that first mm -hmm. encounter, like I had no idea what was going to happen or how he was going to get through it or whatever. And they just painted that beautifully 
from start to finish in that first mm-hmm. little encounter i was just like damn this is tight yeah yeah oh man i i really like that um because the core focus is family that yeah. the deadliest threats that they've encountered are also members of like their extended family yeah for sure right like i think that's really interesting because normally clans like even in like elusive samurai they're like oh you're you know you're part of our clan the nizumi clan you need to you know focus on their stuff solidarity and stuff where i like that the idea that like um oh what's the phrase like tayo and mitsuki's bonds um mutsumi mitsumi's bonds um are really tight compared to like say her and like some of their extended family and it reminds me of this saying that the um the water of the womb is thinner than the blood of the covenant which is yep. water is thicker than blood yeah or wow. something or, like that yeah blood is thicker <laughs> than water. the blood, yeah. Is, yeah. The blood of the, the blood covenant of the... no it's the blood of the covenant is thicker yeah. than the water of the womb there you go to say that the bonds that you form on your own outside of your family can be thicker oftentimes than the bonds that you have with your family that you were born with. Right. You know, yeah. which oftentimes I th- I can think... be uh, pretty thin. Right. And I yeah. speak from experience. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important <laughs> that a series that is so like focused on family. Yeah. Yeah. I butchered that. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, for sure. But, like, I, but like I like that, that saying. saying. I like focuses that. Focuses on that. Yeah. And it's like, does acknowledge the fact that like, members of your own family will try to trip you up because yes. they're because they believe they're right right period not that they're a fucker not that they're like a bad person it's just that they believe that they are right and they are getting in your way because of it right and i like that i, oh, yeah. I think that's a nice elegant uh undertone within the series yeah, um dude. i like that it doesn't treat the whole yozakura family as a monolith Right. Because I feel like that's boring, because then it's just like, you know, it's that idea of, like, us versus them against the world, but, like, what if it's us versus us? I like that. That's that, that For me, that's more interesting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like we so gotta I talk about Mutsumi really and Tayo's relationship, too. Like, we have to focus on that, just because I feel like that's, like, really well done. I'm not, like, really big into, like, romance series, so I don't have, like, you know, a foundation of experience to kind of base this off of, but I guess one of the things that I'm kind of expecting you know in a in a shonen series that has like an intense romantic element is that it wouldn't feel this balanced inside of the relationship and it wouldn't feel you know like this um you know this good you know i guess is is how i'm going to say you know i'm expecting like damsel in distress oh my god save me because you're capable and i'm like really the only one without powers in the group and i'm cute and i'm your wife and you have to protect me like mutsumi has her own capabilities too you know what i mean like they are more on you know, obviously the less com- combative side and like less uh, tailored to helping, you know, the rest of the team with their spy related, you know, abilities. But like she in her like administrative role can flip the script pretty easily from, you know, Tayo's girlfriend slash wife to, you know, a competent area of this family. The 10th head, head of the family. Like her yeah, family. Like yeah. You can feel that you can feel that that regalness that she needs given her position. But like nothing seems to kind of like outweigh anything else inside of her character like she's definitely there and cute and like wife mode when she needs to be but then she's also like hey these are my feelings they matter this is what i want to do the and and she's very uh she feels very independent while being a part of such a 
big collective mm-hmm. of characters you know what i mean so like yeah. that's awesome that that um, it's achieved that kind of vibe you know what i mean i yeah. feel like emotional agency yeah. has been covered really well within their stuff yeah because like there were moments where tayo was just like we should do thing a yeah and i think it's a good idea but i don't want to do it if you don't want to do it like hey right I want it. You seem to kind of want this thing, but I need you to tell me. Right. You want this. Yeah. Otherwise, whatever. We'll go with Plan B. We'll go Plan C. I'll think of Plan D if I have to. Okay. Right. Like. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I love that they're maintaining emotional agency and yeah. like checking in after a decision's been made and making sure that like what they're having is like um, an ongoing enthusiastic yes. Yeah. And it's and you it's know, it, and it goes both so ways important. too. Yeah, like it's not yeah. just Tayo being you know dumb, you know macho meatheaded, you know or shonen protagonist, while you know the wife is like trying to just act like you know a wife or whatever. It's like Tayo helps Mutsumi physically and emotionally, and Mutsumi helps Tayo physically and emotionally. They care about each other's feelings, they care about each other's desires and wants, and they grow together. You can feel that growth together. You know, really really strongly in the in the storytelling without feeling like it's taking away from any of the other themes that are equally established you know what i mean everything just weaves together and fits together like a puzzle in the narrative you know yeah. what i mean while, fo- while like being able to focus on leveling all of them. up what'd you said it's like it's all incrementally leveling yeah up. exactly you know what i mean like it's just like so cool how transparent the characters are i feel like i know them so well in you know a little bit over 100 characters compared or a little bit over 100 chapters compared to other stories inside of this demographic with an ensemble cast that tries to get a whole bunch of focus you know what i mean like it it just fits so well inside of everything that it's trying to do and tayo and mitsumi specifically they feel like the two focal points you know of the series but not so much that the side characters feel like they don't matter you know what i mean so the balance that's achieved is is honestly like stupid impressive to me and it's like i've never read a story like this and i want more like this wherever maybe spy family's got some shit going on like this in it i don't know i might yeah. have to i might have to peep you know what i mean if they're doing shit like this, this is very new it's, to me i yeah. would say it's about like i'd say it's more wholesome than spy family okay because like while spy family is very very cute mm-hmm. and you get a sort of like um audience perspective where the audience and the little girl alone because she's a telepath knows the truth it is very much a comedy of errors and like both parties within this adorable family are lying to each other Mm. so like there's that level of hidden stuff and it's just like okay it's very fun because you know we get to see the inside of their heads as they're racing to come up with like uh excuses to maintain this illusion right but at the same time like i think that yozakura family is more wholesome because of like you said how transparent it is and how they're like hey we're gonna communicate our feelings we're gonna find an actionable like goal that suits both of us like um like it i feel like um it reminded me a little bit of like the way they check in and stuff is um how some people in like kink relationships right mm. will double check within the, with their partner like hey 
you're down for this, right? Like, this is kind of our general outline plan. Are you still down? Yes. Cool. All right. As they're going through, you still good? Yeah. yeah? All right. Cool. Great. All right. Let's keep going. Like, yeah. Uh, so, like, I think, and I think that a lot of, like, relationships <clears throat> fall apart when people <clears throat> feel like they can't be transparent, even with things that they, because they feel like what they say would disappoint their partner or put them off or like say, Hey, you know, I'm feeling this way about this thing. It's probably nothing, but I'm still feeling that way. Right. And like, no one wants to be like, Hey, I'm depressed. Right? right. Right. Or anxious about this or angry about that. And like, yes, it's very normal, but like people don't want to really like share about it. Like we all talk about like, Oh, we want clear communication, but it's not easy sometimes. Yeah. And I like that Yosakura family touches on the whole thing. Like the hard conversations are the ones worth having sometimes. Yes. And that in itself is a struggle point, a point of tension and like a overcoming one's own personal weakness to have a conversation to save or build up a relationship. And I think that's beautiful. Hell yeah, dude. That was very well said. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Last couple things that I have for Mission Yosakura family this week. Just going back to like the family dynamic of the storytelling, I like how um, you get pairings inside of the family in like every combination. You know what I mean? Like there isn't, you know, it doesn't feel clicky inside of certain areas of um, the family. You know what I mean? Like you'll get Nanao and Shinzo storytelling that show you their bond as brothers. Then you'll get Nanao and Futaba storytelling, Shion and Kengo storytelling. Like it, it's all mixed up so well to where you're like, okay, no, this is an actual family. It's not just the family interacting with Tayo and getting, you know, like they definitely focus on that a lot, but you also get like the other pairings just often enough to where it just feels so real and, and so organic in that way and i really feel the family vibe when it's broken up that way you know what i mean because it, it's probably so hard for the mangaka to like maybe not hard but i'm just like picturing myself trying to write a story like this and it's like man how do you you know kind of format it and like lay it out to where every week you can give everyone like the perfect amount of spotlight by themselves and with one or multiple other characters of the family to kind of flesh out that family feel and i feel like it just achieves that so beautifully inside of a story like mission yozakura family which you have to take your hat off to go and die for because i feel like that's really hard to do um and then the the last thing that i had was the way that the overarching narrative comes back to the story and leaves the story because we always get like i was saying those kind of like isolated stretches of storytelling where it's a whole story in one chapter focusing on you know slice of life character building inside of the family and then at any point in time after you come out of that it can go right back into the overarching narrative with subomi and father or tan popo and it always just seems to flow so fluidly from like one point to another you know what I mean? Because there are those times inside of the story where when it does break away, you can't really tell. It's like American comics, you know what I mean? Where you can just start in a point in time. It didn't tell you how much time had passed from the last chapter to the next one. It doesn't tell you how much time is passing mm -hmm. from the end of this chapter to the next one. You know what I mean? It's just like a moment in time outside of like the overall story where it's just giving you character work. And then once it comes out of that, it flows just so beautifully into the overarching narrative again that it's just like, wow, this dude is accomplishing, a, or this person, I don't know if Gondaira, I don't know what, um, what the situation with that is, but this person 
has just got that figured out and just nailed down so well the series feels so planned you know and so organic it's just fire yeah. in that way they yeah. detour masterfully <clears throat> yeah de yeah masterfully detour thank you yeah i like going back to the kind of the relationship thing with tayo and um mutsume yeah i just like the focus that's given on the building and development and strengthening of a young relationship where yes. like you'll get those moments where Tayo is having these introspective like thoughtful moments on like okay how do I balance having this relationship and like cultivating it with being a spy being on missions every day yeah. having these interactions also going to school yeah. like how do I balance these three things and like maintain health in all three areas so right. like I like that yeah and, yeah, the com and the comedy is like so i'm just like remembering like the early comedy like while we're fleshing out like the the characters inside of the family it's like they live this life all day every day so they can nonchalantly bring up some spy shit or like some dark shit like oh yeah these people died over here or we had to go in and like break you know everybody's bones in like this compound or something and you always get like that little side comment very tiny drawn like tayo like chibi tayo like reacting to like this crit because he's like such a fish out of water in the beginning <laughs> and like it's kind of like we're him in the beginning like coming into this family and seeing how they behave like dude you motherfuckers are crazy and it's so normal for them so mm -hmm. it works for like world building it works for you know um tayo's uh character building in relation to the rest of the family when whenever you get them interacting with each other and saying something crazy or doing something crazy and then getting tayo's fish out of water perspective mm -hmm. like superimposed text like uh, you know in the bottom of like a funny ass comment of him reacting to you know these characters acting crazy it's just like a perfect way to kind of like give you the story show you what kind of world it is show you what kind of characters his siblings are while also keeping tayo involved in some way so that you don't forget about him but like that is just like all i don't know if that makes sense or if you guys can you know uh if you guys know what i'm talking about there but like I'm in the beginning up. you still get it a lot i feel like even now you know what i mean where you just get little reactions from tayo like yo are you sure you should be saying something like that or that's not normal or oh my you know like shit like that like yeah, little funny like, reactions from tayo like experiencing the spy world for the first time was just like something that was really good in the beginning i i liked the one where it's like it's a moment like um like, Tayo is basically that moment, like, <coughs> arc when, like, uh, like in Avatar The Last Airbender, right? Like, Tayo is Zuko, where he goes with the gang, and each one of them, he has, like, a heart-to-heart -heart moment, yeah. and, like, understands them a little better, and then, like, gains something for himself through his association with that family member. Yeah. So I like that a lot. Uh, like, Just thought of a like big the... example. During the silver uh, rank uh, exam, when Tayo is facing Shinzo, and then you have the flashback of Shion, Utaba, and Nanao trying to help him by saying, attack his insecurities. And Shion's like, this dude hates bugs. So, like, just introduce some of these, like, you know, super realistic, like, uh bug drones that that i that i manufactured or that i bought from somewhere and just make him relive his trauma and that'll give you the opening that you need to to touch him and tyo's like yo that's like really mean bro like i don't really want to do that up. yeah do and that <laughs> yeah and then you switch in and out and he's like yeah don't be mean like that what we should really do is just slowly poison him until his body can't move anymore and tyo's like that's even worse you know what i mean like shit like that 
It's like Chidi from The Good Place. You know that's how that's worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Futaba's like, well, another big insecurity that he has is that like he doesn't want to hurt his family members, so maybe overreact when he hits you and act like you have taken way more damage than you have so that he freaks out for a moment and goes, oh my god, I hurt Tayo, and then you can touch him. And he's like, you guys are fucking terrible. <laughs> Y'all are menaces. Yeah, yeah, like little shit like that like is just so mm -hmm. good on the comedy side of Absolutely. things without taking away too much from anything else that's happening and then the fight scenes are just fantastic like top-notch fight yes. scenes great very clean choreography the choreography was just like so much better than i expected this series to have i had zero what I expectations for choreography because i was like oh there's so much packed in this series right. maybe the choreography is gonna be buns whatever yeah um, <laughs> but no, it's like, gas I was like, holy shit. Like in the I, front line, in the front line arc when like Tayo like runs into I don't even know, like it was just such a chaotic Gardner. point in the it was just such a chaotic point in the in the action. And I just like remember this panel where Tayo goes to like block something and then like they're about to take advantage of his opening and Shinzo like flashes behind him with the gun, pop, 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 and it's just like the the choreography is is so good for the kind of work that they're in because it's very quick very um exact you know a sat it feels like they really feel like spies or assassins or whatever when they need to you know what i mean i feel like, like all the motions yeah exactly like it, they really not just inside of concept and and exposition but inside of the action like they really feel like they work that like, like they work this job you know what i mean and like that's really impressive that he's able to do all of these things you know inside of uh inside of his story and just balances it all perfectly, just feels so perfect to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That um, hasn't sold you on Yozakura family. I don't know what else will, folks. Dude, I'm, I'm assuming that anybody who is going to watch this segment is caught up in, in Mission Yozakura family. I really hope that people don't see this as like a non-spoiler why you should read Mission Yozakura family. But like, we, it's just so hard to fit a holistic how do you feel about this series generally and then go into like a full current chapter review so it's like yeah, yeah like we did yeah. our season finale we gave you enough time to catch up folks right. come on straight up, straight up. but yeah <laughs> that's, this was happening yeah that's all i had for for yozakura this week though can't wait to get into straight chapter reviews though. next time <laughs> chapter 112 yeah yes <laughs> All right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 169 of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yes. Uh, Tokyo number one, Colony part nine. And we start off the chapter with this awesome-ass color cover spread, Beautiful. which is uh, commemorative to the movie coming out, I believe. People were saying in my reaction chat on Twitch. Yeah, that makes the Episode most sense. Episode zero. We have, yeah. we have young Yuta here with his little, like, guy over his shoulder and that's we Rika. also have... that's his wife brother Rika. Oh, Rika. girl of his nightmares <laughs> yeah we oh, also dude. have uh ghetto not kenjaku stitch is not on his forehead right yeah this is uh yeah tokyo with metropolitan with... is before yeah yes with the playful cloud yes yeah, love I it. I love that nine. I love that three section staff so much. It's oh, so yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, I, I love like whenever that little... weapon is used in anything. That's just like one of my faves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also like the little microphone um, that has the similar like markings on it as yeah. opposed to our um, Bonito Flake Boy. Right. Yeah. Because I think that this is that's uh you know what he was using to 
uh, use Toge's techniques and like amplify them or whatever because mm -hmm. he's like shouting it through a megaphone. It's been a while since I've read Tokyo Metropolitan Magic Technical School, but I remember that. Be I should probably reread that pretty soon. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't I, I I couldn't remember if that was exclusively for the Toge technique or if that was just like the medium for his copying ability. I can't remember exactly. Someone in the comments remind me, but. But yeah, dude, I love this spread. I love the color palette on it. I love like the um, the scratchy kind of texture in the background and the oranges with like the blood splatter over it. It almost looks like it's on a canvas, like a literal yeah. canvas. You know what I mean? So like that's yeah. that's always a cool like grainy like noisy effect that I love in art, especially art like, like Akutami's. This like normally gritty, yeah. I like the saffron background to like yeah. make them really pop out and complement like this classical saffron robes that like Buddhist monks wear. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Love that. Really solid. Um, this is a goofy chapter with a lot of cool abilities. Let me just say that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so much weird shit going on. <laughs> this Takaba. man Takaba. I'm really liking Takaba a lot. Yeah. Yo. He's funny as hell. Even though he's not funny at all, he's so cringe. I love him. Yeah, it's like the it's like the just cringy enough in the comedy to where it's not like oh my god I hate mm -hmm. this dude because it's so cringe, but it's just like just that levity. I don't fucking no, know. He's like, just one of those say. overly enthusiastic like Toto yeah. type characters that you yeah. just love to love. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. like oh mm -hmm. shit, this guy. He's just yeah. he pulls you into his pace. You know what I'm right? Saying? Exactly. This is definitely the goofiest character I feel like we've seen so far. I mean, like even considering characters like Toto, like this dude is off the wall odd, bro. And I love every moment of it. I have no idea what's good with this little fan thing that he has, but I do have an idea um, of how his uh, his his curse technique might work. Which I'm uh, interested to see, like how you guys kind of feel about okay. that, right? Because like, did you have did you have an idea for it too, Mello? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. So, Go first. There was. Yeah. So, there was a moment on where he's like, "You want to know whether I'm funny or not, right?" Yeah. And uh, here's a joke to impress your crush: marry me and be my Wi-Fi. He does that moment, and then on page eleven. Yes. Reggie notes it's like he's fast. The cursed energy increased dramatically. Yes. So I think his whole point is that because he's a failed comedian, he has to tell a joke and have no one laugh. No reaction, right? Like a dead reaction, like dead silence and like completely bomb. And so that cursed energy, that negative power fuels him and makes him stupid strong yeah I love but he that. has to tell a joke and make it bomb yeah so like that's why he's like doing jokes like the like the, you know uh um thousand years like, of death thousand years of death yeah he knows that guy's not gonna laugh at that joke he's just gonna right. be like motherfucker and he's like good keep making me strong yeah. like i think that's his whole thing Hell is yeah. that he has to keep telling jokes for his bit right like right. he's like hey this is my 30 minutes which is interesting because he had the same line as it's not 50 50 it's yeah. maybe 70 30 and we talked about how he's had got a power similar to nanami sure. that is keyed to his job but he's a comedian so he's got 30 minutes and he has to tell his jokes oh. and he gets them stronger if he succeed but he's a failed comedian so right. like that's where his cursed energy comes from that's my theory sure. i like that it's very similar to um to what I was thinking, I think mine. I, I think I'm gonna go a little bit deeper on that for, oh, right. uh, on me. that with you because 
Yes, it's it's definitely very apparent in the chapter that like his curse energy is spiking in relation to the jokes that he's telling. But then if you go back to like uh, his first introduction in chapter 146, when he comes out of um, you know his his performance and he kind of like bombs, his like manager is talking to him, you know, towards the. Let me just pull up the chapter here real quick, just so I can like quote yeah, it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have this dude with like in chapter 146, the last couple of pages. Buddy reading the, the, the newspaper with the high top fade, he's like, I don't dislike your jokes, Takaba. And he's like, Ken? And he's like, neither of you seem to understand that even guys who aren't funny can make it. And then Takaba's like, like a one-hit wonder type or something. And then dude's like, no, two types of comics will always be in demand. Comics who are funny and comics who think they're funny. And he says, which one are you? And then you have this like ominous you know, kind of, um, you know, gradient screen tone effect in the background. And he's like, I'd say it's 50-50, but maybe it's more like 70-30. And this is obviously had the streets shook for a while, like thinking of Nanami and whatnot, thinking that mm -hmm. maybe, I, I heard some people say that he like inherited Nanami's technique in some kind of way, which I'm thinking is just what Gege wanted us to think for a while until he actually started yeah. doing things like a red herring, which is really cool. But the way that I think that that 70-30 split kind of um, goes into his current capabilities is that, yes, when he tells a joke, if, it, if, if he gets no reaction and no one thinks it's funny, his curse energy is going to spike in, you know, because that's like one of the conditions of, of, of the curse technique. But I think that the 70-30 comes from whether he's actually funny or he just thinks he's funny, right? So, like, for example... If he were to, at first I thought like he would just be dead to rights if someone actually did find his joke funny and he just wouldn't, you know, be able to do anything to them. That's like the counter is like at genuinely laughing at his jokes and then he just barely has any cursed energy and doesn't get the boost that he's thinking and then you can just take advantage of it that way. Then but he I, only gets the 30%. I, yeah, I think, I, think he gets, um, I think he gets a boost no matter what. And I think that like if the joke lands then it's only 30%. If the joke doesn't land, it's 70%. You know oh, I mean? that's cool. I yeah, like that a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because then, because because I'm, I'm just picturing a scenario where he's so confident in his abilities because of how unfunny he is to most people. But I think that maybe he doesn't even know exactly how it works exactly because I think that this is like a new technique for him. He's he's inherited this since the calling game, just like, um, you know, fucking Higuruma. You know what I mean? So he's new to Cursed Energy as well. He's obviously not as um analytical and as like critically thinking as a character like higuruma is just inherently because he's obviously just like a dumb comedian or whatever but this is him just using the technique to the best of his abilities anyway and i think maybe the fact that he doesn't know really all of the ins and outs of exactly how the curse technique works actually does make it stronger almost potentially that's a little bit farther out you know there is as far as like reaching for 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 reasoning yeah. in things but i'm 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 pretty certain at least right now that that is where that 70 30 split comes from is whether or not they think you're funny for real or whether or not you just think the joke is funny because otherwise it wouldn't tie back to the conversation that he had with yeah. his manager in his first you know conversation because he says there's two kinds of of comedians ones that are legitimately funny and ones that aren't but think they are you know what I mean? So that is where I think that that 70-30 split kind of comes from. And he, he's also oh very wishy-washy on like what the answer even is. So that kind of also fuels my idea that 
he doesn't even know all of the rules to this. You know what I mean? And whether or not that strengthens the technique or whether or not his character is going to grow into really understanding exactly how the technique works and that'll make him stronger, I don't know. But I'm, I'm feeling really confident that that's the 70-30 split there. I like on page seven, even Megumi's just like, he reminds me of Toto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. I love this guy's, like, language, though. He's hilarious. Like, I think he's genuinely, like, as a character, hilarious. Because he's like, damn, what a tough crowd. Stiff's like you left your laughs in the womb. <laughs> he's right. just, he's heckling them. He's like, yeah. hey, you didn't laugh at me. I'm going to reverse heckle you. Yeah. <laughs> just There's another, like, visual, like, thing in the art that I'm, that, uh, that I'm noticing where... Um, someone act, or Snooty, my homeboy, or our, our homeboy Snooty actually pointed this out to me because I actually read this chapter with him in Discord when it came out on Friday in the fan scan. But um, he pointed out that like there are some panels where Takaba is drawn with and without the white lines on his left arm. And that could just be because, you know, it's too far away and you just don't draw him because of perspective or whatever. But it does happen like multiple times. Throughout on page the fourteen, you get one like that. Right away on page should, four, they should be drawn. Six and yeah, seven. Right away on page four, you can see that he doesn't have the white lines on his left arm for the whole page. Mm. And then when he's powering up with his costume at stake, I gotta knock him dead. And then now the the, the white lines on the arm appear. And then he's yeah. telling his joke. And then his 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 power spikes. And then he drop kicks this dude so drastically. And then, what did you say? It was 14? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's a big one. See, this is not a mistake. This isn't like a perspective, depth-based, I just didn't draw it because the character's too far away kind of thing. Like, Gege is purposely not drawing these white lines, you know, on the left arm sometimes. And then right under it, there's a panel where they're drawn. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So oh, shout, shout out to weird. Yeah, shout out to Schnooty for noticing that. I have no idea how that, like, goes into the technique at all but i mean this isn't the first time that we've seen something like this inside of you like gege likes to leave little tiny um you know visual storytelling cues like haruma shigemo you know what i mean like how he had his technique literally written on his face and we just like didn't know until the explanation was given to us or i think maybe somebody on twitter might have pointed it out beforehand but it was just like very sneaky you know what i mean oh he's page only 18. got the lines when he's telling a joke exactly that's what i was saying yeah page 18 yeah. When he's doing the uh, thousand years of death, yep, lines are drawn page nine or page twenty. Yep, they're not drawn when he's jumping off the uh, roof. Exactly. So I think that might be an indicator <laughs> of whether or not the joke lands, or no. I guess it's just, I guess it's just whenever he's telling the joke because it's not, it's not like they only appear after the joke. And that's so. the two types. It's 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 like the Lanami thing where it's like the two lines or something like that where it's like the scale and it's just the two types. His bands represent the two types. Do I think I'm funny or does anyone else think I'm funny? Boom yeah, boom. Yeah. And then that's really cool because even on the one with um when he's getting off the rooftop, even the leg bands disappear. Ah, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. So wait a minute, yeah. is it just Oh, wait, no, because then on 14, only the arm bands are gone and but the legs page, are still there page 13 page 12 when he's talking to megumi you can see that his legs don't have any yeah. things right yeah. he's saying call me takaba this and that page he's not four, actually two. making 
Yeah, yep. he's not actually making jokes. Page four, you can see uh, he doesn't have it either. On um, page four, on the top right panel of page four, he has it on the legs, but not the yep. arm. And then the bottom left panel of page four, he doesn't have it on the arms or the legs. Yeah. So, like, I don't so, know what these combinations represent, but I feel like we're on to something here. <laughs> um, I think it's, like, charge up and wind up because, like, you see, because on top of page four, when he's, like, he's still doing, like, the pose where he's, like, I did no damage, you know, thing. he's still doing the bit. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's, he's winding out from his bit where, like, the arm disappears first, the leg disappears secondary, and then so on and so forth Bruh. so like he's transitioning from bits yeah right and it's like you know talking about uh, um stuff uh and uh the paper fan is yeah. very much an old school slapstick thing oh right? sure you, you, it's 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 the weapon that does the least amount of damage in super smash bros Oh man, yeah. It's just annoying, to get, it's just annoying yeah. to get hit with. Yeah, it's, just the, it's like it's just the pow, pow, pow. Yeah, it, like, it's <laughs> it's designed to make a lot of noise when you smack someone. Right. Yeah. And so I love that he's using that. Like it's it he he's he's got that little classic like uh Joker Harley Quinn kind of thing where he's just yeah. like it's funny and that's why it works. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love Gay Gay Man. They're like, so, I could just feel like the fun that creating this character and like and drawing and, and making these chapters is, is probably for them because it's like man it's all of this in your face comedy and like awkwardness and like weirdness totally probably distracting most people from picking up on these visual cues or really thinking that there's any kind of indication of what this dude's technique really is when it's just like so like right underneath your nose type shit and you most people probably just like wouldn't notice it on like a casual reading because they're just like so wrapped up in how goofy this motherfucker is you know what i mean like it took it took me some like hmm i really gotta put my sleuthing cap on for this type shit and i just like love that inside of jujutsu kaisen on page oh, 18 and 19 on the pa yeah. on the bottom panel of 19 it almost looks like both of his legs are black with the white stripes when he's like kind of jumping up out of the what uh, page what page 19 on the bottom as Buddy's going smashing through the oh, as he's like the... kicks the shit out of this dude. No, I, yeah, it was after the thousand years of death. Yeah, but then he hits him with the thousand years of death, and then he's like, "Don't mock me!" And then he kicks him in the fucking face into the building. You're talking about that page? Crumbles oh yeah, he him. does kick him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, what are you talking about? Here? It looks like it almost looks like both of his legs are black now with the white stripes. Oh yeah. Oh true. yeah, dude. Oh, so that means that his reaction may have been negative enough that he just put him into power mode. Like, yeah, like super like, duper like, power like, mode, yeah. Oh, man. So it's like half and half, 50-50, yeah. and then now it's like 30-70, where it's just like, yeah, that joke bombed. That yeah. guy hated yeah, you. Yeah, depending on <laughs> how <laughs> much they hate the joke, your power kind of scales with that, yeah. I love yeah. that. I That's so meta and i love yeah, it that's like <laughs> I love really it so fucking much. good good so story. much visual potential visual storytelling in this chapter right i now. think I this like is it. definitely like visual like hidden like like the the art is telling us a lot more than we realize i want to say like for sure Dude. for sure like on purpose like definitely that this is not a mistake this is not on accident this is not anything like that this is 100 percent gay gay 
doing this. Are we taking this. over-unders on whether, like, Megumi kills Buddy next chapter or what? I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think Reggie's... He's gonna take out Reggie. Yeah, Re- I, obviously is, is kind of, like, my answer to that, but I think that we're really gonna be impressed by Reggie at the end because he's being built up, like, such a bitch, you know what I mean? Like, such a, you know, background scheming, lackey-using, you know, like, motherfucker that isn't all that tight but then in this chapter you start to see like what his capabilities for real in close quarters combat like after he drop kicks this motherfucker megumi takes that opportunity while he's distracted reaches up from the fucking shadow tries to like rip his dick off or something i don't even know what he was trying to do he he was great he was like what else he grabbing for (laughs) his legs trying to nah it's dead square in the middle of his shit his shit is dangling and he's like i got that oh i'm about to (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what he was playing in, but it looked like he was trying to grab something. His whole scrotum out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm leaving here with something. <laughs> no, I'm taking your receipts for that. Organs, my G. Yeah, no, nah, but the reason why I brought that up, even though we're kind of talking about Megumi grabbing dick now, the reason why I brought that up is because like this was like the first time you actually saw that this motherfucker can like do shit at close quarters. Like he is capable because he noticed this like super secret blind spot attack you know, from the depths while he's distracted and he still had the reaction time to get out of the way. So I was like, okay, nah, this dude could do some shit already. You know what I mean? And then at the end of the chapter, it's like, we're getting full power Reggie next chapter. And you're like, okay, I think he's about to stunt for real. And we're really going to see what he can do. And it's going to be really impressive. And then Megumi's still going to gonna clap him. But I'm I mean, just like... Reggie's got some cool powers. He's got yeah. the utility belt out of those receipts. Yeah. And like... He created gas, like, previous chapter, he created gas, which accentuated the exploding body parts. And then... Oh, yeah, um, so, like, his receipts. Kind of like, uh, Gain in, in, oh, dude, like, um, in Greed Island, Hunter Hunter, yeah, you have the card representation of the physical item, and then you say Gain, and then it turns back into that physical mm-hmm. item from the card. So maybe these receipts kind of work like that. To where, like, whatever the receipt purchased can then be gained from the receipt and turned into that thing. Because he definitely like, created hey. gas out of nothing. He used yeah. the shell Because yeah. we saw the shell receipts, remember? Yeah, we saw yeah, the yeah. shell receipts, and then he turned it into gas to yes. splash Megumi. Yes. But there was another thing, a two And that happened in Hunter Hunter specifically. He had gasoline in yes. one of his fucking cards. Yep. And then he, he gained it. Card. The glass thing of gas and smashed it over um Gentaru so the, that he couldn't the, use the, little the, flower. Oh my yeah. god. Dude, this is a hunter, that. this is a direct hunter hunter reference right now. It has to be. Um Gege. But the other part, like, but Reggie also has a twofold ability because there was this moment where he and Hazanoki um had umbrellas out of nowhere and floated down from the like the third floor to the ground like mary poppins so Mm. the items that he summons don't technically obey the laws of physics right right so it's not permanent wow what if we get like literally his ability is called gain and he's literally saying gain on and when he pulls out a receipt and fucking gets a scythe or something he's coming at him with all types of crazy shit you know what i'm saying dude i'm waiting for him to just like start like you know throwing like uh receipts and like receipts starting to like burn themselves and he suddenly has like a kitchen knife out of nowhere like you know like um 
there was a series called Murim Login where this guy had an inventory ability, and so he defeated a swordsman by having the inventory pop the sword into his hand oh. as he was getting stabbed, so the guy ran into him and had a sword pop into his chest. Oh, Damn. shit. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Especially now that he's able to like create umbrellas and gasoline and stuff out of out of thin air. If these receipts really do something. work like that, like Megumi's gonna take this motherfucker to high diff or extreme diff probably, and he's just gonna be butt ass naked by the end of this fight. Like all of those receipts <laughs> used, he's just gonna be ripping them off, trying everything that he can. You know what I mean? To stop Megumi using all of his fucking receipt dress, and he's mm -hmm. just gonna be butt ass by the end of the Dude, fight like out of receipt watch. <laughs> new way ah, you know like type shit <laughs> i'm waiting new for like Megumi to do like like a punch yeah, right. to like his throat or yeah. like his like like his like collarbone to like break his collarbone just like bah! and like the receipt turns into a loaf of bread like that'd be funny and he's like oh i need to start making more shit <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited for that. I'm so because it's going on break. The whole magazine's going on break. We have to wait like two weeks before the continuation yeah, of all of these stories, days. man. Fuck. Ah, oh, man, that's okay. But Hazanoki, his compadre, yeah, the guy with the mullet and the suspenders is probably like his coolest minion, straight yeah. up, the yeah. coolest minion. Yeah. I love that his body parts straight up explode, and he's using uh, what Megumi said. It was a reversed curse technique to regenerate. I don't know so if that's like what's actually going on here, though, because I remember oh, that it I is. was his eyes. right, and I and I remember that like when um, we were on break when these chapters were happening, so we didn't mm -hmm. actually have a conversation about it in this kind of setting. But I remember asking on Twitter, I was like, "Is he using reverse?" Before this chapter came out, I was like, "Is he using reverse curse technique?" Or is the regeneration actually a part of the curse technique itself? Because I was like, this is really high-level reverse curse technique happening right now, if that's the case. Um, like, this dude is pulling his eye out, and then, like, immediately after he throws it and it explodes, it's grown back again. Like, that's really quick for such traumatic damage, you know what I mean? I don't think... I don't think but that this like, dude is that tight. It's working. It is working. I'm, I was wondering, like, maybe, you know, the trade-off for the, for the healing is that is the pain of ripping your limbs out so because mm -hmm. you have to endure you know the pain of ripping your eyeball out ripping your teeth out ripping off whatever body part then that's the trade-off and then as soon as you throw it in it explodes it just automatically regrows kind of like um undecrease in un in undead unluck so it kind of like works mm -hmm. like that conditionally like it has to hit a mark and explode before it grows back or something but i just don't want to believe that this dude is that tight that his reverse curse technique is like that advanced and like that strong because like we're seeing I this on a really his... high level so well i mean higuruma was a really advanced curse technique user That's but right. he was also a genius but he had mm -hmm. domains specifically yeah. that made it different sure um hazanori his condition is probably i can only regenerate that quickly to wounds that i inflict myself some shit like that yeah because something that... like that because you can see it page 15 you see a tooth and an eyeball if you zoom in, you can see that he's got a missing eye. Yep. Because you can see him on page 14, reaching up towards his face. He's yep. got two things. He throws them. And on page 16, um, you, he's missing his stuff. But you can see on page 17, the bleeding eye. The When he gets smacked in the face of the fan, yep. you can see the missing tooth. You can see the regenerating eye in the panel below. Right. So within three pages, he's able to 
regenerate his stuff. Yeah. And if you look at his teeth on page 19, it's healed. Right. So, so, it's I, like, and, and so I was thinking, like, maybe Megumi was just wrong and he just assumed that it was reverse curse technique. But maybe it's reverse curse technique no matter what. Like, that's just the mm -hmm. healing mechanism. Yeah. And, and whether or not it's, like, active or passive is the difference. You know what I mean? Because... You know, at first I was like, he's probably just guessing based on the information that he has and, you know, he could be wrong and then we'll get a full explanation of exactly how the technique works later and it ends up not being reverse curse technique. But I think it is reverse, I think it is RCT no matter what. Yeah. And whether or not he's actively, you know, charging up the energy necessary to, like, focus in on the wound and heal it, I think is one possibility, which I'm thinking is not the case because I just don't think this dude is that tight to where he has that good of reverse curse technique, but, or it's reverse curse technique still, but only on the passive sense based on the conditions of his, of his jutsu shiki or his curse mm -hmm. technique and him hitting the conditions of enduring the pain, throwing it, it explodes, then it can regrow just naturally passively using reverse curse technique, but not like actively charging it. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, I'm I don't know, man. This shit is fucking wild right now, bro. Like, such a funny chapter with so much power system depth to it. You know what I mean? Like, I just love that about Gege and how they're able to balance those things so well. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, I think that's about all I have for this chapter, though. Yeah, I think I'm good, too. Loved it. Loved it. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 223 of Dr. Stone. Tony. Zero. We're here. Zero. Color oh, we get this beautiful color cover. Yes. Of the Rocket Squad, of course, Senku, Kohaku, and Mr. Stanuri. Yeah. Stone Cold Stanley. Hell yeah. You want to know why I think he's going? He Obviously, going we. Confirmed, yeah. No, 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 no. He's I'm... the only person okay with murder. I know that he's going, but I'm saying the reason, like, why he's going <laughs> is, I think, because. There's got to be a character that can die in this mission. And it's not going to be... Like, Rijiro Inagaki is not going to have anybody in the main squad die. Yeah. Oh. So so I think that, like, yeah. I think I think Stanley is going, one, because he's obviously the most capable. But also because someone needs to not come back from this trip. And it'll probably be Stanley. Yeah. And you can see, like, even in this color page, like, it feels like... The Death color flag. palettes on Senku and Kohaku are very bright, yeah. colorful, like... And he's in the back, just very like kind of grayscale, like looking very somber and yeah. melancholy. Yeah. You know. Oh my God! Is yeah. his death gonna end up being like petrified and floating off into space, so they never unpetrify him? Uh, something like that, or like you never know, like what kind of threat they're going to run into on the moon once they confront Y Man. Yeah. You don't know like what kind of like setup that he has on the moon. You just know that he's there. So like that is entirely mysterious and will be kind of hard to guess. But like whatever it is, whether he's petrified and floated off into the space, whether he's blown up, whether he's you know, like whatever. You know what I, mean? I think I I think I'm very strongly believe that Stanley does not come back. Stanley does not come back from this. Rip Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like kind of sad to think about, you know what I mean? He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, just 
I normally hate pretty boy characters, sure. but Stanley really warmed my heart yeah. by not focusing on his looks at all and yeah. being purely competent. I was like, yes, yeah. this is a great subversion of what I can expect. Yeah, Love absolutely. It. Plus, he's just, like, um, so cool. And, like, this chapter, like, you know, really kind of built him up in relation to the rest of the main cast a little bit. Because you have Reese, we go and, like, you stole my spot. Better make it count, and he's like, "You already no. know what it is, yeah." You, you know, know, like it is my G. Yeah, it's like, ah. man, and then you get like the super sentimental moment where Zeno is like, "You can't smoke in space, but I got you some chewing tobacco in the shape of cigarettes to kind of like, e you know, ease that." It's just building up sentimental that was value wholesome. for Stanley. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because he ain't coming back. You know what I mean? Like that's just. I'm so confident about that right now. Because it's like, I'm sitting here going like, man, we kind of got hoed, bro. Like, why would you deny him his spot that everyone knows he should be here for? You know, and and, and it was written well. You know what I mean? We got some, like, great introspective stuff with Ryusui and his insecurities and his incompetence and, and how sad he is that he's not going despite being, like, the character that wants the most things. Obviously, his whole character is about desire, and this is, like, one of the things he wants the most. So you take that away from him, you have to have some sad, you know, psychological storytelling there for him. He overcomes that, he deals with it, and then kind of moves on, and then Stanley fills that gap, and it feels totally fine. But, like, yeah, if... How do you how do you do like a kind of final quote unquote arc where the stakes are the highest they've ever been and then everyone and no just comes back like totally fine yeah you know what I mean like there has to be some kind of you know shitty situation that they have to deal with you know ir irreversible one you know that they have to deal mm -hmm. with in this in this mission so you in, you input Stanley there and it just feels so well to think about it like that for me and I think it's fitting that like Stanley would be the one to die. Um because he is a soldier because he has been willing to kill yeah before. he's got bodies already um, yeah you know what i yeah. mean yeah and it's like oh god there was a line from a series that kind of like shaped me as a 14 year old kid um and the series was those who bring violence to the other to bring violence to others invite violence to be brought back on them by the implicit action of right bringing it yeah, we see that right. all the time where, like, a character and I love that. racks the bodies up in their past life, and then now they're a cool character, but then, they, and, you know, all the chickens eventually come home to roost, you know what I yeah, mean? And, and, yeah, and that karma comes in and, and eventually gets them, and it's always, like, a sad point. I can't, I don't have any examples off the top of my head, but, like, I see that all the time in fiction, I want to say. Vinland where, Saga. There you go. There you go. Torvinsan! No, in, in the dad, in Thor's, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Thor's sad. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun to say Horvin. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for real, man. No, I was so mad at. Oh man, Ocelot. Fuck Ocelot. I know, dude. But like, I love. I love. Like, like my Taurus, favorite character. I was so mad about Taurus. I dude, that shit hurt so bad. I was definitely I was like... on some fuck Ocelot. <laughs> I was like literally like. You're going to do this to me? Old and I will swear <laughs> it. I was so hot. Yeah, I was, I was, I was so hot. Fuck us a lot. Like, yeah. man. But yeah, Thor it's Rip Stanley. Everyone. It's Rip Stanley for me right now, like, yeah. until proven otherwise. And I honestly, like, I don't know. You never know what's going to happen on the moon. But I feel like if nobody dies up there or, like, something 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Tragic doesn't happen. That's like irreversible. That that's going to maybe take away from the stakes. You're just a gloom and doom just, ass motherfucker. I, 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 I just don't man, think I you build stakes. Just, just don't build. No. Just, just a bloodthirsty. No, I'm not. Just like. No. Me. I just don't like, no. you know, not capitalizing on the stake building that. that, that so what that if I am? Do. Yeah, you bloodthirsty. Know I mean? Like, I think, I mean, don't create that big of a threat if you're not going to, you know. That's why Chrome was like, no, nah, we all coming back, man. He did say that. Nah, he did say I that. feel like, I feel like, but like. And you want he was happen, doubting but it shouldn't you know he like, was doubting like yeah nox isn't the only one yeah. luna's doubting things yeah. uh you know luna's doubting things and they're like hey man you know and senku's just like don't worry the chances of us dying in space are only like one in 20 it's right. fine right. and they're like wait what and then even gen has to just straight up lie to people and say yeah. it's going to be fine you want to know it's death flags all around yeah you want to know what you don't want to know it'll work even if they don't kill stanley still just leave them there petrified on the moon like we have to bounce stanley sacrifices himself in some kind of way to where he's just left back on the moon petrified and then there you go you know what i mean everyone's sad they come back like where's stanley you know, and then you just get like the, sh the shaking the head panel, you know what I mean? Or something like that. As long as the characters feel the loss, cool. And then you go back and get them, you know what I mean? A really crazy moment, like 50 years later or some shit when they finally go back to get them and Zeno's old as hell or something, you know, like, I got you, bro. Like, I, I came back for you type shit. Like, whatever. Even if you don't kill him, like, you can still make the stakes work you can still make yeah. that that consequence Put that happen epilogue yeah you know what i mean like something like that there's a lot of ways you can do it and i'm sure ryuichiro inagaki is is the brilliant writer that he is you know what i mean like he'll he'll figure it out even if he doesn't kill him but i really think that's something tragic and seemingly at least irreversible oh you know, my should god kind of happen that would hurt me so much just like stanley coming back from a rescue rocket and he just comes across like this town square. It's got a statue of him in his prime, and a wizened old man is just sitting on a bench in front of it, and it's Zeno. Yo, I can see and I'm it. Just like, oh, it hurts me. It hurts I can my see point. the vision. I picture, I picture Stanley like coming to from the deep petrification, and Zeno is just like smoking a cigarette, hands it to him. Hey. Just lit it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I don't think I don't think he's gonna smoke, but no, he's not smoking it. <laughs> yeah, he just, just lighting it. it. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, I can see oh, that. Oh man, maybe. he's like he's like, oi, Haibo, partner. <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. going on, Haibo? <laughs> yeah, but this is like this chapter 
Or he says meant so much. Yeah. Because like, um, there was this this like the part where they're counting down, right? It's like the ten, yes. nine, eight, six, seven. And Senku says on page fifteen, it's always so quiet being petrified. Can't hear a damn thing out there. Can't even feel vibrations. Yeah. And write down the countdowns at five, four, three, two, one. And he's like, I counted, you know, for like a billion sight like you know, so many three hundred and seventy years worth of seconds. Hundred and sixteen thirty seven hundred twenty seven million. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Five hundred and twenty um, seconds. Yeah, so many. But I love that idea is like, yeah, by myself I counted those many seconds, but with everyone working together as a civilization through our collective science, I'm counting down in ten. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, that's such a great yeah. metaphor. Bringing that back from the beginning of the series yes. and just like chef's kiss, yeah. bow tightened. Um, yeah. The wow, writing man. on during the countdown was so fucking good, man. Like, oh my God. Like, it I literally chills. had chills. Like, I was reading. I was like, oh my God, we're here. It's counting down. They're going to blast off. I'm going to see a double page spread of this rocket blasting off at the end of this chapter. And I just remember being like, Oh my god! While I was reading it, bro, like it's just such a, such an um, an emotionally potent last. Yeah, this is of like chapters. the third time I've gone through this chapter, and I still got goose pimples. Yeah, dude. I'm just like, because it's like, dude, like this is the invention, you know, the kind of feat that we've been waiting for ever since we first started getting development for Senku and like what he wants to do as ever since childhood. It's like I'm going to the moon, like soon. You know what I mean, like. And then we get all of that rocket ship building flashback while he was dead after Sukasa killed him, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like all of that stuff laid the foundation for why this is so emotionally resonant in this chapter right now. And they keep going back and kind of like hinting at this and sprinkling more development, you know what I mean, onto it, like leading into it. It's just been so beautifully built up to. And now we're finally in the air bro like oh my god yeah. we're on the way to the moon bro uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, like everybody else playing in the background what'd just, you say like the song of the valkyrie ride of the valkyries playing in the background oh no i was hearing like, i was hearing fucking elton john and i think it's gonna be a long long oh, time long time yeah, yeah. to touchdown brings me on the ground again to find i'm not the man they think i am Rocket Man, burning out his shoes out here alone. Oh, Project no. Idol coming soon. Let's dude, go. Dude, wait a minute, dude. Like, what are the chances? Hold on, bro. Like, in the anime, bro, if they play that song, I doubt it's possible. But, like, we already have, like, an American singer that, like, had a whole, like, American song in the anime, like, or English song. Like, that was Vivian. Vivian, yeah. Vivian yeah. Goldberg or whatever her fucking name is. Vivian. Lillian, not Vivian. Lillian. Yeah, Lillian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, dude, that would be yeah. some shit, bro. That's definitely no Lillian not Weinberg. Cool. Lillian Weinberg, wrong with us? Jesus Christ! I mean, Christ, whatever, totally. dude. How long ago was that? And it's such it's a fucking forgettable character. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty. Right. Plot point. It is an important plot point, but like, um, who cares? Like, but like, about her. <laughs> I think it'd be really interesting if they had Lillian's voice character or someone yeah, who's yeah. like sounds like Lillian, 
doing that song That'd be insane. as they're going up into space. They're definitely not going to do fucking Rocket Man, but that's just like, I'm like picturing it in the anime and I'm just like, I want it, but it's not happening. But that's just what I heard when I was like seeing the rocket blast off. I was like, shit, Elton. Yeah. And we finally got the meeting between Kaseki and Joel. Joel. Yes. The toast between the master engineers, bro. bro. And then they start working and together and they're like, oh my God, this Medusa, is a match made in This heaven. is God tier engineering right now. They're just like. <laughs> I love their dichotomy. Yeah. Like. Because like young prodigious Joel, young buck. Yeah. Joel is young but represents the old school, whereas like Kaseki is old and represents like the the new new school, you know? Newer school <laughs> than he's used to, that's for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like I, I like that kind of fusion. I'm just like, ah, and, like, you can see Kaseki's age in this page oh, 11. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, you ain't going to live that much longer past the epilogue, Nah, bro. because they, they, they keep hitting that they're going to fucking, like, keep petrifying him and making Goblin. him younger and shit, which is, like, a moral quandary, obviously, is, that they have to explore. But, like, that's, that's, in, that's in the cards. Like, that's how the Medusa works. They've already talked about how every time Kaseki's been petrified, which is multiple times now, he comes back a little bit more limber you know what i'm saying a little bit more nimble a little bit stretchier you know what i mean than he was before you know oh my so. god that'd be horrifying you know it'd be really fucking weird is if they have like this like i like it would have to be like a bonus blooper thing that they have a thing where someone's like yeah and then they like petrify themselves way too much and they're like a teen and they're like fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> little point one chapter yeah nah it's yeah. good though and oh, this shit is so good i'm like so ready god every time i get to like this last page like in jujutsu kaisen and now dr stone i'm like man two weeks before we get the next chapter of this they're like, like such hype points in all right. of these stories and it's just gonna be a fucking nightmare waiting for the next one. Oh man yeah. but like can we just appreciate just the simple beauty that they have for like this cape that's yeah. depicted on 1819 yeah. Yes. Love this. Uh, Uichi like, spreads reminds... are always so drastic, bro. So good. Even the ones like, that incorporate like photographs, like a lot of them do. Like he, this he seems makes it so work. peaceful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've got the ship on the side to observe everybody where everyone else is. That's their command tower. Yeah, bro. It's late. Oh down. my what god. <laughs> so solid. Also, Rip Stanley. Yeah, Rip the guy, man. Like, I really, man, thinking about that, like, makes me, like, really sad. But, like, as soon as I, hey, as soon ahead. as I started this chapter, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, no. Yeah. I was not like, like this. Shit. Yeah, not like this. But whatever, man. Chickens come yeah, home that... to roost, man. That karma, that karma. Chickens come, come home to roost. Get out of here. <laughs> Killing get killed, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's though. all I had for uh, Stone this week. I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty, I think pretty straightforward chapter. A lot of just imagery and nostalgia and yeah. feels. Beautiful Clean. writing and art as usual, but like yes. super potent writing. Last, last chapter, I love the quadruple page spread of like the the all the progress culminating to the point of yes. the rocket being completed. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, fun. that was so good. Um just like a small note yeah. on this like is triumphant as this chapter was i loved like the peanut gallery just inserting like personal doubts that are very real and very human yeah. and even though they're like yes we're succeeding as a story 
it makes complete sense for these people to have doubts as they're succeeding. For sure. Oh yeah, so I, I, I touched that. on that in the previous episode. I thought for sure that was going to be a point of stakes where people were going to be like, "Yo, they could blow up on launch. Like a lot of shit could go wrong." Yeah. So I pers- oh fucking hiccups. <laughs> Deep one too that like hurt my chest. Ooh. I personally was like really happy to see that in this chapter, even though yeah. it was kind of like uh, alleviated by Gen, you know. But like mm-hmm. that that was gratifying for me because I I wanted to see that that it makes sense like you said that but, they would be worried yeah because even you know like we've seen that many times in modern day rocket launches where it doesn't go so well <laughs> yeah and even though it Dude, was kind I... of alleviated by again like after the worries were kind of brought up like you can tell that they're still going to think and feel and believe those things until everyone comes back safe you know what I mean like they don't you just, can tell those that thoughts don't Gen... just go away yeah. I mean, you can almost tell that Gen really doesn't even believe himself. Like on this bottom page of page, or on this bottom panel, page nine. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, just fine. He's like leaned down, like, yeah, <laughs> his brow. He Ty- doesn't even believe it. Tied you next to him with like the blacked out eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Everyone is so anxious and so melancholy, worried, and they're going to feel this way. Like they're gonna they're gonna wear a face. They're gonna wear like a certain exterior. But until these motherfuckers come back, like, they're going to be biting their nails, crying constantly, mm-hmm. and just so worried for these people. Yeah. And they should, because yeah. they're I a mean, fucking family. But, yeah. They should. Yeah. They should. And it's, like, honestly, like, I still remember the first time I saw, like, the a video of the Challenger shuttle yeah. exploding, and it made me feel... Something awful. Yeah, like yeah. I, I was just like, and every time I like see it, and like I know it's done. Oh, it's, it's done. It's over. It will never personally affect me. But every time I see it, and I'm just like, oh, that oh, happened. No. Oh, but yeah, I, don't I know. digress. Yeah, that's all I had for Darker Stone. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Same. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 338 of My Hero Academia. The story of how we all became heroes, part one. Yes. I like that. Hell yeah. yeah. And we get it's this like... nice cover of uh, Deku and Aoyama looking yes. melancholy. Yeah. This is the first time he's looked attractive. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. This, like, is, this yeah. is straight up. <laughs> I never thought I would hear the words out of my mouth. Aoyama looking pretty good today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's looking... just like in such a bad spot, like... Just like you sucks, know what? But it has to be like under these circumstances, but I never really cared too much for Aoyama before this anyway, <laughs> so whatever. Yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah. I'm just like whatever. Okay. But I like I like the parallels his origin has, like his secret origins, so to speak. Right. Like I dig that. Mm-hmm. I, I like that it kind of compounds the whole thing because like his parents seem He's rich. He's a rich boy. He comes from a wealthy, affluent family, and they used their connections. They paid money to find all for one. Yeah. How fucked up is that? That's hilariously yeah. bad. Yeah. I like, it, like, just going into what you were saying about the parallels, obviously, between him and Deku and their upbringing. It's like, Deku didn't have a quirk, and all he wanted to do was find out how to be a hero anyway, despite that, and his mom had given up on him. Whereas, like, in Aoyama's situation, he was like, yeah, this kind of sucks, but, like, I'm not Midoriya about it. And his parents were, like, the Midoriya, you know what I mean? They're like, no, we're getting you this quirk, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're making yeah. this happen, you know? So it's 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 cool 
narratively like that but it also just shows like different situations of people dealing with the same issue in this society mm -hmm. that's been built up so well in my hero academia it's like these are like if these are two stories like what are the other stories for characters that aren't a part of this story like in the background you know what i mean for quirkless kids i mean you, know? you want to know what's crazy sad. Yeah, yeah what's up you want to know what's wild about the deku situation too is that like he went to the doctor what if his mom got the proposition and was like, nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if the doctor was like, you know, I can maybe hook you up with somebody who can uh, give your kid a quirk. You and know he saying? was directly affiliated. Like, we know that that Eggman dude was working for Buddy. So, like, yeah, dude, that's definitely um, a possibility. So that's just a there. deeper level of understanding that Deku. I just kind of thought of something. This. Right, right, yeah. So they were like, hey. Deku's not manifesting his quirk, and they've visited the doctor, who's, like, their regular doctor, right? right. And uh, Deku's dad is never around. Right. What if Deku's dad was a guy who crossed AFO, got killed, and they stole Deku's quirk as a child... Because the dad fucked up or whatever? Like, Deku was supposed up, to like, have a quirk, but, like... Like, the dad did some weird shit and the, blew the it. Dad, yeah. The dad tried to do some, like, try, got some second thoughts and tried to be a hero about it. And so, like, oh, he's fuck. like, yeah, no, we'll take your kid's quirk if you don't work with us. Yo. And then he still get, you know, he still crosses them. He's dead because Aoyama's like, oh, you know, this guy, they showed us, they <clears throat> killed a guy. Like, yeah. That could be, like, the last, like, laugh of, like, all for one, like, when the juice really starts mm -hmm. going, like, in this final conflict where Deku thinks he's mentally prepared for anything that all that mm -hmm. all for one can do at this point, because we got Lady Nagant, we got, um, you know, just his overall, like, shitty influence on the world in general, and how, like, sh crafty and shysty he is in that way, Deku's ready for that shit, we have now Aoyama, where one of his best friends has now betrayed him, like, that's all linking back to all for one, Deku can be like, I know everything that this dude's gonna throw at us now, like, I'm, I'm mentally ready for this, mm -hmm. and then the all for one's like, yeah, that's why I took your quirk when you were a kid, though, and now Midoriya's right uh, back to, like, mentally I'm broken. I'm the reason you're like this. <laughs> why you say it like that, though? He's like, <laughs> that's why I took your quirk when you were a kid, though. <laughs> I don't know, that's just, like, how I pictured it when I was thinking about it, I guess. Uh, uh, but, like, uh, yeah, uh, I could totally, uh, uh, yeah, I could totally see that being, bizarre like, adventure. Yeah, it's, like, the last thing he does as, like, something that was just totally not um, predictable, like, from Midori. Midori is all in his convictions. He's like, I'm ready to fight you, motherfucker. It's over. We got you dead to rights. And then he just says that to him, and now, like, that throws him off kilter mentally enough to where it shifts the tide of that in some kind of way. I could totally see that happening, too. Mm -hmm. That would be wild as fuck. Or maybe... Deku's dad was essentially Aoyama's parents and was like, my kid doesn't have a quirk. I got to go get one from all for one. I'm about to go try to work with them. And then like Melo said, tries to be a hero, has second thoughts. And then all for one just kills the dad because of that before he could even get the quirk He's for like, Deku. He's like, oh, you breathe fire, right? I have a client that was looking for something like that. Yeah, Yoink. yeah, type shit, type shit. I definitely think that that is a really, really strong possibility in one way or the other. Yeah. Someone like I feel like it might, like maybe not the the. Hey, you're only quirkless because I made you quirkless. Because part of me is like, oh, that's too perfect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but it would still make I a lot of sense, though. It would make sense. It would still track. Yeah. But I still think that he would hit him with something like, 
Oh yeah, no. Your dad was heroic too. You lasted much longer. And just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you. oh rattled you. <laughs> got him. Yeah. Yeah, we never really got to talk about the traitor reveal because we were on break, obviously, during that. Like the last chapter I think that we talked about was the I have friends everywhere and then it kind of like showed Hagakure. I think that was the last conversation that we mm -hmm. had on camera. But I just love like the red herring bait and switch on that Kohei uh, that, that Kohei hit us with. It's like, oh yeah, you funny. thought it was Hagakure, but no, she just was the one that saw that it was Aoyama. You know, so I love that because, like, man, when you're building up to a fucking traitor reveal that everyone thinks that you, as the writer, forgot about, and then you finally start <laughs> giving it to them, and they're like, oh, man, funny. this reveal is terrible. Hagakure, no one cares about this, bitch. And then it's, like, not her, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, Dude, like... Dude, it was the funniest the way thing to, to see it. Twitter react yeah. to that. I was like, gotcha, bitch. Trolled the <laughs> shit like, out yes. of y'all, yeah. Like, he's that shit like, is epic. He's like, you think he didn't have a Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> Kohei was watching the streets and said, oh yeah, watch this. <laughs> yeah, we, <clears throat> moving back to kind of the events of the yeah, chapter yeah. here, we start off with like the interrogation scene. All the, um, all the teachers and, and like police like kind of saying like, okay, we, we got to take this kid into custody and really like put him under protection. Kids kind of making like heartfelt proclamations of like, you know, Aoyama, you, you're not fully bad. Like, we can kind of steer this. It's actually the kids who put an interesting spin on what they can do, have Aoyama manipulate all for one's intel to their advantage, in a sense. And then... And then, um... Aizawa, who was cool to see, he's, like, in the hospital on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on the Zoom call, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. He's like, oh, shit, I might have a plan. They're yeah. talking, they're, they're spitting kind of, hold up, cover their ears, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and we don't even get to hear the plan. But... I know, I can't wait till that's like revealed. Dude, it's obviously going to be I revealed like... through the action probably once the heat turns up, which is always just a great way to deliver secret conversations that are had off panel. It's going to be like right in the middle, it's going to just be inserted somewhere where we least expect it, like Deku's going to be about to do something and it's going to flash back to yeah. the conversation where he's like, this is the plan. Yeah. Ready, when this happens, you do this. When that happens, you do that. Ready, you know what I mean? D, yeah. D, D. I always yeah. like Dude, that. Okay. I like that because um, it all comes from that moment oh, where shit. like, hey, how did you not tell him about the raid in Camino? And they're like, we had no way to contact him. He just came to us and we gave him a report and that's it. Mm. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh yeah. and then Midoriya is just like hey you know we gotta influence their choices like, right so like you report back so and cool. say we're gonna be here <clears throat> at this time and then all all for one shows up but they're ready for him because he told them mm. to you know what i mean like that's kind of like what they were implying i think like in this first little part of the conversation is like well now if aoyama is working for us now but still in contact with all for one then he can set up the ambush basically and like they were like no oh. it's not gonna work like that it's too easy like like we like this kid broke many laws you know what i mean like we gotta we gotta we gotta get this dude out of here and everyone's like nah man like just like it's our boy you know what i mean like let him fuck with us and, the, and and i just love how the actual like law still matters even though an important character is going through something yeah. that everyone wants to forgive him for society is just that well fleshed out that 
you know, these police officers are like, no, it doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. I know you like your guy, but like, no, you know what I mean? So like, that's cool. It's just like such an emotional back and forth where you're like, is everybody just going to forgive this kid because everyone cried a little bit? And then like, that's it? Like, no, like there's levels to this shit. You know what I mean? And I just love how it just isn't that easy in my hero yeah. academia. You know what? It is the ideal court system where yeah. it's not that easy. Everyone's forgiveness of Aoyama like makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this dude betrayed you and like caused you guys a lot of trouble. Motherfuckers could have definitely died, you know, like, but they didn't. And like at the end of the day, this is your boy. You, you, you sympathize with what with what it down it's not as black and white as just he made a decision to betray you and he sucks he was like, under duress it's levels to this shit you know what i mean like in real life i can see the forgiveness happening you know this way too yeah. just because of how long you've known this person everything that you guys have gone through together like you want to just forgive him you know what i mean so, like, that makes sense them, yeah. on the character side of things but then the the, the judiciary coming in like hey man uh, he's got to be processed he's got to go to court he's got to spend some, do some jail time like this is some he might get a slap did. on the wrist, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. has to go in the system. Exactly. Jail time. Yeah. I don't, yeah, maybe not jail time. I'd be forgetting their kids and shit, but like, you know oh, what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, they got to come in and say, like, hey, I man, mean, like, y'all are in really high school, not if, like, the rest of the world type shit. Yeah. Because they could do like a slap on the wrist for Aoyama. He's not getting expelled, but he is on like a watch list. And then his parents get like charged for like quirk trafficking, basically. Mm yeah there's gonna, there's definitely gonna be real adults. consequences they definitely broke laws to do yeah. that like mm-hmm. like if quirk marriages are illegal quirk trafficking is way illegal especially yeah. since it's one dude yeah if there's no if there's no like legal consequences for this like shown in like any way then i'm gonna feel like the story is just like this the societal aspect is uh, of of how fleshed out the world building has been up to this point is going to start to falter because they're just yeah. being too soft in the narrative for the sake of characters that we care about and it's like no we need this to 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 have like real ramifications like real you know legal ones you know what i mean in order for the world to still feel real and organic the way that it's kind of been built up to so but yeah yeah man <laughs> Can we move into the dorm part of the chapter? With, what were you going to say, Melo? Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's about the dorm area. Okay. Yeah, we move into the dorm part of the chapter where they're kind of like, it's post-plan. They're talking like, okay, we got our plan now. We better prepare. Like, a couple of them are going to go make some tweaks to their costumes. Yeah. And then, you know, we kind of get the resolve panel where it's like just a small panel of each of their faces all pieced together around the, uh, Ugh! you know, we got this shit. Yeah. This one floated through Twitter like crazy, and I was like, I was trying to avoid spoilers. I was like, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I'm being good. I'm being good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like that. Like people were clowning on them. Like, oh, like, yeah, we're all gonna be looking super serious all the time. And then Minnette is like, just like okay, not whatever. threatening at all, and everyone's clowning the this page because it's like, what the fuck, Minnette? Y'all really trying to make him look like a thug right now? <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> He's hard, man. He's resolved. He's yeah, ready. He is. It's just funny. Absolutely. I'm 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 hey, with man. it. Like I'm with the shits here. Oh, yeah. Like I'm all for this right now. But that was just funny to see on Twitter that they were like Motherfuckers is so lame. <laughs> Get the fuck out He's of here. He's a little lame kid, but yeah. I I you know what? Mendetta's still a part of the team, yeah. and that's what's important. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I love all my Twitter mutes, man. Let's go. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter mutes, I love you, man. Don't don't get it nah, twisted. I'm Come getting on, into it. I'm, try- I'm trying to I'm trying to spread my wings, you know. I, <laughs> yeah. I have to get used to it. Yeah. And then we move into the 
best part of the chapter, you know what I'm saying? Uh -oh. What's that? Hatsume Mei. Oh, yeah. Dude, I fucking love her, man. Rolling up on the de the development studio, you know what I'm saying? I just can't wait to see what kind of like tweaks and upgrades she makes to Deku's costume. You know, Absolutely. she's developed her skills more. He's developed his more. Yes. She's gonna be like, "What's well, so, so? What's up? What's up with your current situation? Like, what you got going on?" He's gonna be like, "Well, I got this, 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 this," and she's yeah. gonna be like, "Oh, yeah. let's fucking go!" Yeah, come out with like twenty gadgets. Like, here you go, here you go, here you go. Yeah. yeah, here's the Fajin gadget. Here's the Black Whip gadget. Yeah. Here's the fucking Float gadget. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just down the list. She's gonna have a fucking field day. Yeah, she's gonna be like, "You." He's gonna come out equipped. Yeah, it's you know what I'm saying? gonna come out kitted. Yeah. I've never had someone equip 20 of my prototypes before. You really are the perfect guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Type shit, you know what I mean? Because it's like, man, when was the last time that we saw Hatsume? First of all, I don't even remember how long it's been. Uh, but like Eagle was saying, like she's developed her skill set a significant amount, surely. We know what Deku's been going through, the conversation that they're going to have, and how their newfound capabilities inside of themselves are going to complement each other when they start working on these new gadgets. It's just going to feel so good, and I cannot wait to see the drawings of the designs for everything. Yes. Oh, shit. It's going to be so tight. Oh. It's going to be so cool. I'm, like, so uh, ready. Like, and I feel like Hatsume's equipment has probably grown in leaps and bounds because she's probably been working to maintain, like, this, the, 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 the mega school maybe a little bit of the shuttle system like she's sure. probably been, been brought into the loop of that and they've had the kids doing their thing defending the school from like outside things rescuing people on missions to bring people back to the school to the fortification yeah. so she's had field tested prototypes yes going out there that are like hey the world's a dmz right now yeah. just demilitarized zone here's some stuff you know uh, you know, brass-tested field-approved, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. I love I love Ida and his reaction, because, like, the door blows up, and he's like, deja vu, and then, like, he just barely has a reaction to the fucking door blowing up, but then Hatsume lands on Deku with titties and face, he's like, oh, titties, face, ah, you I know? Am, <laughs> I am a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just also, so funny I love, to me. He's such I a love boy how yeah. Deku is trying to be serious the entire fucking With the titties time. in face, like, nah, we got shit to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to get sidetracked by nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to blush. Yeah, it's so funny. Dude, I love that. It's hilarious. She's probably one of my favorite supporting characters. Like, yeah. Because she's so crazy, and, like, I liked... Because she was the vehicle for the introduction of support items, which yeah. I really enjoy. Because, like, I don't know, like... What's Batman without his utility belt, right? Straight like up. Classico. Yeah. So like And you have I to have, you know, James Bond movies always Q. have, you know, She's the dude. Q. That, yeah, yeah, you know, that's his name. Yeah, Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gotta you gotta pull up and show all the new gadgets, explain what they do, give them to the hero, you know what I mean? Like she fills that role and that's always a great role in anything like yeah. that. Green I mean? arrow without uh, without his like combo quiver, like Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you gotta have them. gadgets. The Punisher and microchip, um, you like, like you can just go down the line in the West. Like they always have that his web canisters. Yeah, type shit. Yeah, yeah, you always need the guy in the chair. You know what I mean? Yes, man. Yeah, fuck yeah. 
Love that stuff. I think that's all I had for Hero this week, though. I don't know. Um, uh, man, did we touch on everything? I think we did for the most part. It had a lot of build-up in the previous chapters of like, hey, why did you betray us? Yeah. This is what happened. We yeah. were threatened. It's under duress. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I like that Aoyama kind of has like the correct emotional response. They're like, oh, don't beat yourself up. And he's like, no, no, like Midoriya was in the same boat as me. And uh, he's a good guy about it. And I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, straight up. No, you know. Kohei's like just always so good for like emotional character writing between mm -hmm. you know the people that have been built up so far you know what i mean so that shit's always going to slap like whenever we're away from action you know you're just going to get amazing character writing for whatever situation that they're in and a situation like this where tensions are super high because you're coming out of a wild crazy reveal about one of your best friends betraying you you know what i mean like this shit was handled beautifully i want to say and that's always like gonna be spot on inside of kohei's writing so a lot of emotional shit to chew on the last couple of chapters, but like all just at the end of the day, big setup for the coming conflict, which is being set up very well in my opinion. Yeah, I can't wait to see Deku's finalized look where he's done being edgy. You <laughs> yeah, know? I think where he's I, not yeah. being like uh, Jason from Batman, where he has like the mecha Batman suit. Oh, with sure. The claws like early '90s, just like. Yeah. <laughs> The golden, like, clawed Batman yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it reminded me of that when Deku was, like, going solo. So I was like, I really want to see, like, this new... Yeah, final form Deku. Suit. Yeah. What, what is a Deku look like? Yeah, straight How up. much more All Might is he going to be like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Man, I wonder if we will see any hints of All Might in his, like, final look or next look at the very least. You know what I mean? So that's pretty cool mm -hmm. to think about, too. I want to see what it's like. Hell yeah. But yeah, that's all sure. I, I, think I'm, I think I'm good on, Hero. That's about all mm -hmm. I had, too. Alright, well with that, I think we can go ahead and move into the last chapter of the night. The Peace de l'Existence. Chapter 100. <laughs> chapter 1035 of One Piece. Zoro versus King Yu. Let's go. And we actually get a cover story. We're yeah, going dude. into another limited cover series. Number 25, Escape Whole Cake Island. We're going to get the story behind how Jerma and everybody escaped Whole Cake Island, which I'm ready. Yeah, you need this because you were like I not fucking this. with this when Jinbei came this. back. Like, what the fuck? How did my mans get out? You know what I'm saying? With yeah. Big Mom, the Yonko Emperor, yeah. big bitch on his heels. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> she was literally coming in. All right, right let's yeah. Go. You were, I remember you were super tight. Like, you were so positive that Jinbei was, did not make it out of this. <laughs> and Jerma apparently made it out too, so everybody made it out clean when they were supposedly the last line of defense against the raging Yonko. Like, and I think on. Oda knew, like, man, motherfuckers are not going to know how this makes sense. We gotta give it to him in the cover story. Let's go. We're right, here. So we'll see how it goes. But you never know because Pound just, like, survived scot-free in the cover story. You know what I mean? In that one in that one cover page that we got, and, and that kind of shook the block up a little bit too. It's like, what the fuck? Pound lived. What the hell? Yeah, Pound just kind of like did his thing against Oven and then skirted off and like yeah. rode away in a boat. Like, yeah. it's something different about that. And if like yeah. you're literally like Big Mom is like at your neck mm -hmm. and like you just get away. Yeah. Like, trying to get swim, you out of you here. You just swim away. Like, 
I mean, ain't nobody better at swimming than fucking Jim Bay, son. Come yeah, on, bro. He's got the wave, bro. She be on his heels. Like, come on now. There's just too much to explain. We're going to see. Like, there's too much <laughs> reasoning why it doesn't make sense. Dust. Too much, too much to go to lend to why it doesn't make sense. But I don't want to spend like a whole lot of time on this. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. has a devil fruit power. She's not going to follow him underwater. That's right. That's right. <laughs> True. That's right. But anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Getting into the jam. It's like, if, okay, the fishmen, they. Germa, what's up? We gonna see. It's focusing yeah, on yeah. the Germa escape, so we might not even see yeah. Jimbei. You're probably just supposed to know why Jimbei got away because he's the fucking best fish man in the whole shit. And Big Mom and her whole team is Devil Fruit users. So what? Yeah. Whatever. But Germa also, escaping is a big deal that needs an explanation, I guess. So that's fine. Yeah. I noticed that all the ships include snails, so I was wondering if the snails submerge. Oh. No, they, they merge together. Like Oh. I don't know how it works. Whatever. You remember they merged together? I don't remember that. No. Yeah, they were like a giant like amalgamation of snail ships. Well, there you go. I believe you. That forms the German kingdom. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, there we go. I think I do remember that. Yeah. But yeah, man. But yeah, we start off the chapter with king or not king, but queen. You know what I'm saying? Out of there, Sanji kicks his big ass off of Onigashima. Off the map. Dude, no, he straight up gets him like the buffet combo of beatdowns. He beat the <laughs> brakes off this motherfucker, bro. And it reminded Dude, me of like in the previous it chapter. reminded me of like a Sanji versus Kurobi beatdown, son. Just mutton, it. He said, <laughs> "Yo, what did he? What did he? He said, he said, whose chivalry? Whose chivalry did you say wasn't worth shit? Yeah." <laughs> Yo, he hit him with a fucking yo. He all the sound effects out of here. Hit him with uh, the whole menagerie of the fuck. Mm. Love it. Get this motherfucker out of here. I was tired of Queen's dumbass. He did. He did. Yeah. Got scraped. Especially in the anime, Queen's voice actor is so trash, bro. And I haven't really been watching. Just laughing like a. Oh man. I do like the fact that Queen contrasts so much with King, yeah. and the fact that like Queen is like pro-human experimentation, whereas yeah. King is just like, nah, -uh, I don't give a shit. I came oh, from that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> you, you're looking at me dirty. You're gonna tell. You're gonna rat on me. I will kill all of you in this room. Right. And, and that's probably goes into. Because, like, King and Queen always be, like, at each other's, like, throats, you know what I mean? Like, and before we get, like, this this flashback for, for King, I'm just sitting there going, like, they're bad guys. Bad guys, you know, even if they're on the same team, like, pretty often, like, don't usually tend to like each other. And that's, like, a weakness that the, the heroes get to exploit or whatever is that they, they don't work together. They're not a real family. They're not, like, super tight like that. So you just yeah. kind of, like, charge it to the game in that way. But, like, what you just said, Mellow, makes perfect sense for, like, why... King and Queen like, kind of have that rivalry because King comes from human experimentation and Queen. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Does human experimentation. So that's yeah. that's that's a pretty cool thing to think about, no cap. Um, there... I just... I really liked this chapter. Fuck like yeah. Expo- exploring King... Um, even his, like, strange, like, um, olive, like, laurel branch Mike Tyson-ass tattoo. Yeah. Like, don't know what that's all about. Um, it's, like, very reminiscent of, like, Shandians or whatever, right? From, like, Skypea. They all have, like, face tats uh, or, like, just just body tats in general all over the yeah. place. You know what I mean? And they, like, have wings and shit. You know what I mean? So it's probably just, like, all that kind of shit, you know, just. Oh, yeah. Do you think the Shandians are like an offshoot culture from like the core Lunarians before they all got scattered? Yeah, because isn't there like three races of motherfuckers with wings? Or is it only like two, I guess, that we know of so far? Because I could totally see it being like neutral, good, bad, or whatever inside of the, 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 the race splitting in that genome or, you know, whatever it's called in biology or whatever, the family uh genus genus there we go <laughs> yeah like yeah. the feline genus yeah 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 you have like you know dark angels light angels and then like i don't know maybe there's only just two but like i was just like thinking about it like that i was like yeah it's probably an offshoot in that <laughs> way man that i can't cool. get over how fucking raw king looks without his mask the bro. design was like, drastic I was literally geeking over this shit in my reaction like i'm yeah. like yo king looks so fucking raw yeah the white hair the motherfucking the the face tat the the like the coll- like the victorian prince you know what i'm saying the collar yeah. oh, fire he, oh. he, he already had one of my favorite character designs in the whole bitch and then you take the fucking mask off and it's just amplified He's even drippier. yeah even drippier yeah dude drippier. someone said some super tight shit on twitter okay hold on let me see if i can remember this someone was making a comparison between king and katakuri and how they both have some kind of thing that they're hiding in their face that gets taken off the insecurity is revealed in one way or another they attack their subordinates right after because they saw the thing that they had been hiding you know katakuri just did it because you saw but King kind of kills him afterwards because they said that they're going to tell on him, basically. So there's a difference mm-hmm. there, but, like, it's still the same because as soon as they reveal their face, they attack their subordinates. And then the tightest thing that the person said was that, but when they're defeated, they say two diametrically opposing quotes. King gets defeated and says, Kaido's going to be the fucking pirate king, though. And then Katakuri gets defeated and says, are you going to come back here and beat my mom's ass eventually? <laughs> And I just remember being like, oh my god, what a thread. This is so funny and cool and uh, holy shit. Yeah. I do yeah. like that parallel, though. Yeah, because it's, it's like Kaido and Big Mom. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or something, because, yeah. Yeah, no, I like, mean... Like, were you saying this... that, like, they have sex? Or were you saying that, like, Kaido no, and Big no. Mom, comma, and then, like, fuck? Yeah, yeah comma, oh, okay. fuck. Okay, comma, I was fuck. like, hey, because we no. talked about that, too, you know what I'm saying? Nah, <laughs> nah, that ain't me, that ain't me. Yeah. 
she's obviously adopted <laughs> yeah a lot of people yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. or no i think no i think she really do be hooking up with motherfuckers and having real kids big mom know. yeah no yeah. all of her all of her children are birthed by her yeah birthed by her i don't think she's she's bringing anyone in like that i think she's actually out here smashing yeah uh, yeah. She's forcing motherfuckers to smash. And then Kiko had, I just remember Death that Kiko yeah. said some super tight shit one time about why she looks so attractive in like flashbacks and like wanted posters or whatever. And it's like, what happened to you? How were you so hot? And then now you're like, you know, you look the way that you do. And I think Kiko, what he said was, what if she never looked hot? And that was just like her um, advertisement of herself to other pirates to make them come try to, you know, get at her because she's bad or whatever and that's how she like racks up these relationships that allow her to birth these combinations of you know royalty or specific races or whatever so um, that she can just like attract you over to her kingdom and then get you in the bed because it's like if you throw out like how she looks on the wanted poster for real or whatever then they're gonna uh, be she like she was uh. really banging out here man yeah i know but like no she was definitely really banging but like just like the way that kiko like positioned that i was like damn uh, that would be like so dude. crazy if that was a thing yeah i mean yeah. would that be a side effect of her devil fruit ability where she's like maintaining so many ghosts and spirits that it's like pulling on her and wearing on her like being you like, know what I mean? Maybe, like, I, I, I mean, like, you know how, like, this this may sound like really shitty, but yeah. like, there's certain people you look at them and I'm like, you're a bad person, yeah. and it has <laughs> begun to poison you and show on your face. Oh shit! Like, like, like Steve Bannon. <laughs> Hold on, like, I can't, I can't get the face, Steve Bannon. Let's see. Steve Bannon, he was Trump's political advisor. Oh, say no um, more. I don't even got to look this motherfucker up. Uh, the, guy is a, the guy is like a neo-Nazi. Like, Uh-oh. They see. called him the, like, the Lenny Reichenstock of, of modern propaganda. Oh, yeah, this dude looks like he sucks right yeah, away. Just, no. like, dead it, it, eyes. It, it, he, looks like a, he looks like a Darth Sidious gout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a son Damn. of a bitch. Right away. I hate to judge yeah. people on first glance, but I, I, got, a little I got a little background for them anyway, right before, so <laughs> I don't feel as bad, but... Yeah, but, like, there's some people out there that, like, even if they're, like, objectively, like, attractive sometimes, you can just see it on their face, and I'm like, something inside you ruined your outside somehow, and yeah. even though, like, nothing's physically changed, yeah, I can see it. Like an aura and thing. And so I... Yeah, and I, I I wonder if that might be a case for Big Mom or something Maybe. like that. I'm like that. That's something, something to think about for sure. Yeah. yeah. No idea. Yeah. Could it be? Maybe. Yeah. Guess we'll guess we'll find out eventually. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, dude, I love the choreography in this chapter, bro. Even so though good. it's not like you know all that. A lot of it is just a bunch of you know Harrys and you know what i mean like montage style like shit but i just love just seeing zoro fighting in a sword fight you know what i mean like it's mm -hmm. getting down to like the bare bones of it it's getting towards the end it's just attack after attack really cool positions and drawings like on at the bottom of page eight after he comes out of the flurry and he's like upside yep. down like blocking slashing like all this shit is just like really fucking cool to see I feel like this is what i've been waiting for inside of zoro fights <laughs> you know what i mean and they've been fighting for a while now but like just maybe it's because of the events of the chapter where I'm like really starting to notice how hard the, these motherfuckers are going here. But I just like seeing the Zoro techniques, man. It's what you wait for in Zoro fights, mm -hmm. bro. And we got like a lot of um, 
we got a lot of uh you know techniques that i had completely forgotten about like he goes into this fucking yakodori i think is like what it is the bird dance Ooh, yeah. like under underneath slices him upwards i think the last time yeah. that we saw this it looked like way different but this is the one where um he fucking puts the two swords crossed with like the one in his mouth straight up and then when he starts to like roll and spin and then like the the pattern of the cuts that he leaves on you resemble like crow's feet or like bird's feet or something that was something that i always really liked in like the oars fight in uh thriller bart because you got to really see it on his big ass body really well maybe that yeah. isn't bird dance and maybe um maybe it's like something else like related to crows maybe now that i'm thinking about it but either way like these stances and these attacks like are just so reminiscent of earlier one piece because i feel like it's mm -hmm. been so long since we've seen these attack names so it's like nostalgic and hype at like the same time and even like, like... The, even the last move that he does is like a three sword version of the attack that he used to beat Ryuma at the end of Thriller Bark when he he went into like Kain Ryu whatever the fuck it was you know what I mean and he had his hand on the forearm and he like slashed him with the fire or whatever like the fire aura or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that that's this move but just in three sword form with like advanced conquerors on it or some shit yeah yeah which is just like so cool to see the i think the dragon damnation is what he used on ryuma yeah 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 i really enjoy uh on page 11 the purgatory onigiri yes because um, i i literally have a die that is has the six like that and i was like that's ah, awesome it's that's from a game cool. called never going home it's just so cool Hell yeah. um but it reminds me of that. I like the little six there. Yeah. Um, and then there was oh weird thing on page 10. This yeah. is a difference of translation, right? Okay. Um, I read a scanlation prior. Mm -hmm. um, but when he's like, what's your name? Albert. You're strong, Albert. From now on, you're king. Stand under my wing. I won't let anyone else have you. Which seems weird because like Kaido is offering him freedom as opposed to exchanging one cage or a master for another. Oh, sure. Uh, in this translation, in the scanlation, it was like, Albert, that's a weak-ass name. Nah, you're strong as hell. You need a strong name. From now on, you're going to be king. Yeah. And then what does he say after that? That's like, is there a difference? Because in the, in the I, official... I think that's basically what I think that's basically what it was in Scanlation. Oh, I, I was looking... really, okay. I, I'm just riffing off the top of my head because sure. that's what I remembered as, as. But it's just like, nah, Albert, you need a tough name. You need a strong name. Yeah. You know, King, that's a great name. I'll you go can look do at that. The, I'll go and look at I'll the be right as like, now. and don't you worry, I'll be King of the Pirates. Yeah. I actually want to look up this difference now because. This does seem like one where you might get a, a a way harder line in the in the fan scan because you're right because in the in yeah. the official he he does say stay under my wing I won't let anyone else have you which does kind of imply like you went from one cage to another or one master to another but yeah if he's offering him freedom then like you might want <coughs> you know something else there we go you're too strong for a name like that call yourself king stand by me and I'll never sell you out. Yeah, that's there we it. go. That's slapping way harder for me. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. But uh but yeah, yeah. man, that's that's like kind of like a really big difference I want to say actually now that I think about it. Just because of the the first thing that you said 
about the official translation kind of mm-hmm. implying like, yo, I just freed you, but you're mine now. You owe me. Yeah, you know what I mean? But whereas, I didn't do a good thing yeah, for free. You yeah. owe me. This whereas is an the, exchange the, of services. The fan scan is like, stand by me and I'll never sell you out. It's probably like linking back to, you know, King's trauma of how he ended up here on Punk Hazard in the first place. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's he was like, probably sold the, the fuck out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they came and snatched him up, and he's like, I'll never do that to you if you roll with me. Yeah, this fan this fan translation and is way better. it would tie to the previous thing of, like, man, wasn't his bounty, like, 103 million belly, 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 uh, berries? And he just immediately kills them. Yeah. He's like, no, no one's selling me out, period. Right. No yeah. one. So, like, yeah. I thought that I, that went harder, and that's what made it stand out to me. Yeah. Um, I like that they finally figured out hit the trick to his like invincibility because like I oh, real quick before we move on to there while we're real quick while we're staying inside of the of the of the flashback I didn't know you were gonna transition out of it that quickly Sorry. but no 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 all good I just wanted to I just wanted to make a comment about how I'm so excited for the continuation of Kaido's kind of like flashback story because his dialogue in his flashbacks are kind of contradictory to like what he says to you know Luffy. Um, or I don't even remember who he was talking to, but he was talking to someone and he was like, dude, eventually these motherfuckers are going to sell you out. Pirates always do that. Whenever they got a chance and you're no longer useful, they're going to fucking throw that you to the to wayside. The, to the Akazaya 9. Ah, okay, to the to the scabbards, right. So he said, yeah, he said something like that, like in an earlier chapter where he was like, pirates don't do this friendship shit. Eventually it's going to get to a point where it's going to make more sense to sell you out and they're going to fucking do it. But then in these flashbacks, he's like, no, it's all about loyalty. I'll never sell you out. We're riding till the end. So like, it's gotta be, there has to have been some point of, 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 uh, of trauma and betrayal in Kaido's life, probably with the rocks pirates, maybe now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, he seems young in those flashbacks. Like, is he young still has idealism and hasn't had that like burnt out of him? I don't know, but that's just going to be, like, such, like, epic character writing for, for Kaido that I know Oda is just going to, like, hardcore deliver on. Like, I cannot wait for that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, going back to the fight, I, I think it's cool how Oda introduced, like, you know, a win condition inside of Zoro's analysis of the fight yes. up until this point. Because it's like, man... I didn't know how Zoro was going to pull this out. And if it just fucking, if it was just the same fight that we'd been had the entire time and all of a sudden he just said, fuck it, best attack, Shishi Sansan and beat him, I was going to be like, I don't know about that. respects me. Yeah, but getting, getting, (laughs) getting this kind of, um, you know, uh, loop or not loophole, but just like this, uh, finding out the weakness. Yeah, the caveat. There we go. I say that fucking word all the time. I don't know why I couldn't fucking think of it. But yeah, finding the caveat in his fighting style, it's like the, the flames are there. He's faster, but weaker. Flames are gone. He's more durable, but less attack power. Like, that's really cool. And that's, yeah. like, right on time to, to introduce without it being brought up before because it's just, like, an, a realization that you have after fighting with someone for so long. Like, that felt really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did anyone else notice that King's, ulti- uh, that King's ultimate attack is shaped like Kaido? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like, yeah, nice, loyalty. Like, right. I like that, and then nice little foreshadowing for what's going to happen to Kaido, I think. Yeah, we never really get um, too much of, like, you know, any kind of, like, Hunter Hunter-esque exposition for why abilities manifest the way they do according to certain characters, you know what I mean? Like, like this, yeah. it being in the shape of a dragon, like, in other systems with other power systems, or in other stories with other power systems like that are a little bit deeper and more fleshed out than like devil fruits and hockey and whatnot, you might get 
you know, an explanation as to why your ability manifests the way it does based on your personality or whatever. But for this, it's like, was his fire always in the shape of a dragon that looked like Kaido? Or does he shape it in this kind of way because he rolls with Kaido? You know what I mean? I, it's think, it's, of, I think it's out of respect. Out of respect, which makes a lot like, more sense. I, but I just wish that One Piece was the kind of story that kind of gave you that specifically sometimes. Mm, you know what I mean? Like a little confirmation nod. Like, right. hey... I'm doing this because I fuck with Kaido, you know what I mean, type shit. I mean, you don't really need it, but it's just, like, something that I thought about, like, when I'm looking at it, like, why does it look like that specifically? But, but yeah, that's tight. That's super tight. Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> but, yeah, I definitely love the choreography through this chapter throughout the fight. Love Zoro's, like, deduction of, you know, King's abilities and his, what's going on with his body. Love King's ability. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. sacrificing, <clears throat> being able to kind of trade off between durability and defense and, like, speed and um, power a little bit. Right. Uh, reminds me of uh, Achilles in Smite. He has a passive where you can take his armor on or off, and, like, it will give you either defense and health or speed yes. and uh, power. So, yep. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love Achilles and Smite. But yeah, that's just cool, man, because it's like, I don't know, I, I and I don't have the perfect memory on One Piece, but I feel like caveats like these aren't, like, introduced all that often as far as, like, hard rules and conditions on ways to beat your, your opponents. It's And it's not ever really, like, about that too much inside of, like, One Piece, I feel like. It's just, like, eventually you just get the determination or you get the, you know, the little boost, the... Yeah. The, the you know that you need to kind of just like take it home and it's more about like the emotional character writing or like the narrative situation behind the clash that kind of matters more so you don't really need it you know to be too technical in the explanation of fights like you would see in like a hunter hunter or a jujitsu kaisen and it works in one piece but then whenever it does decide to go a little bit deeper and give you a little bit more layers to the conflict it always feels really good in one piece so i mean i enjoyed the shit out of this fight even though i, I mm -hmm. do kind of i do kind of think that these fights between these Yonko commanders should have been or could have been a little bit longer and I and I would have liked that because I'm just like remembering like how long the fights in like in East Lobby were you know what I mean but at the end of the day Oda's trying to get this shit wrapped up you know what I mean so it's like maybe it's like lay, doing all of this and then the, the anime is going to fill in the gaps for choreography obviously not going to introduce any new writing maybe but like it'll probably just make the fights feel longer in the anime since there's just like so much more to that medium oh man yeah. I, if I if I was in, like any part of decision making in the anime I would be stretching this shit out yeah. but I mean people be, be complaining like, about that too though at the same time so you gotta really yeah. like make it count if you are going to add time yeah, Definitely. like actually put like good amount of like production value into it if you're gonna exchange it out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited to get back to uh, to Luffy and Kaido, which I'm sure is where we're going to be going pretty soon after this. I Big Mom though, still chilling. Oh yeah, Big Mom still chilling. That's right. We'll probably we'll probably go there. I remember like like some in some kind of like interview or whatever. Oda had like I saw it on Twitter and it was like a translation of like him saying something like "Keep your eyes on Luffy." Luffy's up next going into this new year. It's about to be Luffy time. Think about the hero. Think about the main character. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be flashy. I can't wait to yeah, draw the he conclusion. He was like, oh, you're a Sanji, and it wasn't until, like, late in the year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he'd yeah, be yeah. on bullshit. Oh, true, true, true. <laughs> hey, you know, COVID's got us all running on Vegas time. Something like can't that. Can't be helped. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. That's all I have for One Piece, though, man. Yeah, me too. Hey. I think uh, that's about it. <clears throat> 
really cool chapter. Fuck yeah. Well, that'll do it for this week's coverage of Weekly Shonen Jump. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on this video if you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel as well for more fire-ass weekly content. Also, comment down in the comment section down below. Let us know what you thought of this week in Shonen Jump. You know, if we missed anything in the discussion or if you just wanted to talk about anything with us, let us know down there. <clears throat> As we said before, take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts like Twitter, online communities such as Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast upon, as well as places to support the podcast like our online shop or our Patreon. So... With all those words said, this will be another fantastic episode of Project Manga Podcast. The first episode of season four. Thank oh. you all so much for watching. I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. Mellow Yenis. Sarabada. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.